Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. What's happening, weirdos? Uh, something actually happened interesting. First time, Val, you're here with me. I'm talking to you as, as well as them. <laughs> something interesting. We we had two back-to-back cancellations uh, on the podcast, and then we were so close to not having a guest for this Wednesday. Never happened in four years of, of doing the show. But uh, luckily, I was doing Val's um, show at the Improv for Real Girl, which was amazing. Your amazing charity that she works with. And uh, we saw... It was an amazing show. A lot of people who've already done the podcast, Natasha Leggero, Nikki Glazer, but then Jackie Cation, who's done a live episode of this podcast. She was actually on the kind of infamous weirdest episode we've ever done, um, the, uh, the kind of uh, E-Trade incident. I don't, know, I don't know what else to call it. Um, but uh, I saw her, and we were just blown away. She's so funny. And I was like, this is perfect. Hopefully she can come in. She came in the next day, and she is a delight uh, no surprise, wonderful comedian, host of her own podcast, and those are always uh, almost like a day off for me. Um, I do want to plug a couple live dates that I have coming up. Uh, October 19th is going to be a Living at Largo show. Me doing stand-up uh, with a bunch of guests, always wonderful. It's my favorite show that I do every month. Hope weirdos can come out to that. And then November 9th, uh, we are doing a special show where I'm going to be workshopping my book live at Largo. So if you're curious about my book that I've been writing about God and spirituality and the meaning of life and the mystery and all that stuff, I will be workshopping it live uh, on November 9th. There will be guests and all that sort of stuff uh, and questions and interactivity. It's going to be really fun and it would mean a lot if weirdos come out. Um, it's, you know, it's got that Joseph Campbell flavor. It's got that Rob Bell flavor. It's got that Ram Dass flavor. It's, it's, if you're into any of that, you should enjoy that a lot, uh, or I hope you do. And then uh, the, the next one is December 7th, for, uh, which is just stand-up, uh, back to the Living at Largo format. Tickets for that is Largo-LA.com, and you can see it on the calendar. I do want to say thank you to, I love doing it NPR style, Squarespace. Today's, <laughs> today's episode is brought to you by Squarespace. With beautiful templates created by world-class designers, Squarespace makes it easy to turn your idea into a new and unique website in just a few clicks. Squarespace analytics help you grow in real time, and their 24-7 customer, customer support is always there to help. Think it, dream it, make it with Squarespace. Uh, get a valve coughs twice. Uh, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. Use offer code weird for 10% off your first purchase. Thank you, Squarespace, for your support. Uh, and also thank you to the Pete's Picks, constantly enhancing my life. These are the products that I use not once in a while, every single day, if not every other day. Uh, Alpha Brain is the first one. And uh, on it, the same company is now making a, uh, a new product that I've been using every day and feeling the benefits of, which is MCT oil. Uh, MCT oil is medium chain triglycerides. It's something your brain, it's a healthy fat 
that's made of coconut that your brain can run on, that your body can run on. It's wonderful for energy. It's wonderful for focus, to feel nourished and healthy during my day. It's, it's something that your body can turn into energy more easily than carbohydrates. So I started taking it because I, I contacted my friends there for something that would help with energy for my long days now that we're editing the second season of Crashing. Uh, and, you know, it's hard to keep that energy up. And I also didn't know this. But MCT oil has a positive effect on leptin receptors, which help you feel full and satisfied, which I didn't know that they would work so well. I'm feeling the benefits of this. No snacking. I'm not. This is this is me telling you what this product has been doing for me. I just don't snack during the day. Season one, a uh, huge bag of pretzels every day. <laughs> Season two, put a little MCT oil from on it in my tea every morning. I drink that. helps me feel nourished and satisfied all day. It's got a wonderful flavor. I get, uh, what is it called? I, I believe it's vanilla. That's the one that I like. It doesn't need to be blended. You just add it into your tea, coffee. takes the edge off the caffeine and helps you feel good all day. Also, Alpha Brain, you guys know this by now. It's like fish food for your for your ideas, for your memories, for your focus, for your concentration, for your mental performance. If there's anything you're doing that involves your brain, for me, it's podcasts, it's stand-up, it's writing, it's just having a nice dinner or uh, some good meditation time. I always take some Alpha Brain uh, 15 minutes before two or three tablets. That's what I do. If you want to try either of those products, just go to Onnit. O-N-N-I-T dot com slash weird and you'll get 10% off. Did you have something, my love? I was just going to say that I've been chomping alpha brain like it's candy lately. (laughs) (laughs) And you sent me a wonderful essay that you wrote. Yeah, it helps me with writing and I swear it helped me like get over the fogginess of jet lag. Yep. And like just when you wake up and you're like, my brain is so foggy because I got super stoned last night. I was just going to say it helps with the chronic if you're feeling foggy, if you smoke chronic. Alpha Brain definitely kind of takes the edge off of that. Yeah. And no, they're not paying us to say that. <laughs> the, the drug angle. But it's true. Oh, Joe Rogan's involved. He loves the weed. Uh, the other product is, speaking of weed, is uh, Charlotte's Web Hemp Oil. It's made from the hemp plant. As I always say, this is a wonderful product. It's not like weed. It doesn't get you stoned. It is not psychoactive. It is not THC. They've isolated CBD from the plant. And what I, I take this for is anxiety. I take it for uh, to give me a calm, healthy, happy glow on long shoot days, especially if I had to be in a positive, happy mood in the scene, but I was feeling stressed out and fried couple drops of the everyday advanced it's really strong stuff so i just take a couple drops of the advanced mint chocolate flavor and next thing i know just laughing a little quicker smiling a little bit more just takes the edge off in this wonderful clear not foggy not stony not druggy way it's legal it's not a drug in that way it's legal in all 50 states ships to all 50 states this is a wonderful little life hack that i found that i want you guys to try because it's made my life so much better and val as well i would say yeah. You enjoy it as well? Absolutely. I love it. CWM.com slash weird. Use promo code Keep It Crispy and you'll get 10% off as well. I like the Everyday Advance and the Everyday Plus mint chocolate flavors. Those are the ones that I go for. Uh, let's see. And I just want to say one more time thank you to our friends at Squarespace. I don't know what you guys are out there doing, but you probably need a website. And if you need help making it stand out, use Squarespace. They have beautiful templates. 
Created by world-class designers, they make it easy to turn your idea into a new and unique website. Showcase your work, blog, or publish content. Even sell products and services of all kinds in just a few clicks. Customize everything from the look, the feel, the settings, the products, and use Squarespace's analytics to help you grow in real time. Everything is optimized for mobile right out of the box. You won't have like a goofy website that only works on a computer. And with over 200 extensions to choose from, Squarespace offers a new way to buy domains. There's nothing to install, patch, or upgrade ever. And if you do have a question, even though it's very simple and intuitive, Squarespace's award-winning 24-7 customer customer support is there to help. It's just like you're having your own IT department. A dream is just a great idea that doesn't have a website yet, so make it a reality with Squarespace. You can get a free... What? I thought a dream was a wish your heart makes. A dream is a wish your heart makes, but <laughs> a dream is a wish your heart makes that is a great idea that doesn't yet have a website. Got it. So They're make exclusive. make the dream, make the wish your heart makes a reality with Squarespace. <laughs> uh, and if you want, use offer code WEIRD for 10% off your first purchase. Uh, get a website or domain and show your support of this show. That's squarespace.com, offer code Weird. Uh, thank you, Squarespace. Thank you to the Pete's Picks. Try some Alpha Brain. Try some MCT oil. Uh, try some Charlotte's Web. Hope to see you at Largo October 19th, November 9th for the book show or December 7th. Uh, do you want to plug your sponsor? What sponsor? ZipRecruiter. Oh, ZipRecruiter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they do, but I like them. <laughs> ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter. Uh, all right. Nine minutes. That's not bad. No, not too bad. It's pretty bad. I mean, it's not the worst. This is making it worse. Yeah, <laughs> this so is you need to descend it. Enjoy Jackie Cation just like Val and I did and get... Into it. Get into it. I don't want to like feel like I'm imposing the last word. You be, you be the last word. I was going to say we should do alternate. Okay. But if... Yeah, you say get first so you get it. Okay. And be last. Okay. Get... Into... It! Oh, God. <laughs> I want to punch us. I know. Jackie... Hello, cutie Magoo. You. You're talking to me. Yes. Uh, would you sit here? How are you? Nice to see you. This dog has never been this friendly to me. Well. She's uh, always been politely distant. Is this yours? Much like I am to people. Is this yours? Okay. Well, I drank that last time. When Ian Edwards didn't show up, I've been having. You have a podcast, Dork Uh Forest. Yeah, there's a plug for you. There you go. We're recording. We're, are we? Yeah, sure. <laughs> At all and times. The dork, the dork Forest uh, plug. Yeah, yeah. Do you record that here? No. I re- Thank you, Katie. I uh, record it. Uh, are you winded? I'm winded. <laughs> <laughs> I walked up those 12 steps. The worst. But in a hurried manner, maybe? Mm-hmm. Sure. I'm trying to give you a window. Give me I a get window. Wind- I get winded doing... For- I've been winded flossing, so please don't feel... Are we... Are we really recording? Yeah. Has it already begun? Have you never listened to this podcast? Have I have never listened. I don't even listen to mine. Why would I listen? To- <laughs> Why would you listen to your own? <laughs> Why would I listen to uh, something else? By the else's? way, uh, it's, I wasn't expecting that you listen to my podcast. Oh. It was more a joke that almost everybody says, are we really started? <laughs> oh, it's a, it, it, is that- a per- it is hilarious, quite honestly. <laughs> that You're like, no, you, did I tell you that I've decided well, who, to start doing anal? It, well, no, I mean, how <laughs> weird would that be? Huh? If I admitted something crazy and then... 
because I'm a big fan. I've publicly of spoken. Anal? No, of uh, Tab A Slotte. I'm a huge fan of uh, Tab A Slotte? Yeah, initial uh, equipment. I'm a huge fan of regular oh, vagina. lady equipment. Tab um, I, I could not a. be more cisgendered, is what I'm saying. You love it in the vagina? <laughs> That's the controversy. That's, the controversy is, is I love to receive a penis. And when I say a penis, uh, at this time, a monogamous relationship, my husband. In the vagina. Uh, in the vagina. Right up, yeah, right yeah. up the main the main shoot. I would love to know. Uh, well, I mean, I guess I don't spend too much time thinking about it. Although we could now, we I got w- time. I was just going to say, I don't really understand what it might feel like to be to be plowed in the vagine. Oh, you it's have- great! It's a feeling of fullness, and if it's not, <laughs> man, it's a feeling of fulfillment. <laughs> <laughs> Right? right? Yeah, but you also have uh, the tip of my wiener yep. is on the front of your filling station. What's happening? What, the clitoris what is on the oh, outside. Oh, yeah, yeah. Am yeah, I yeah. explaining this to you to the first time? <laughs> Where is it being kept? If you could at draw the top something. of your filling station. The, the, so you have the vagina, which is the hole. Uh, the vagina is the hole. The whole yeah. thing is called, uh, I think the polite term is crease. No, that's crease. Not, I can't. Oh Katie, my god! Hilarious. She's like, no, crease. nobody's calling it that. No, I made oh, me laugh to god. think that it was gross. And oh, it was a way to I go. don't want to go through vagina slang. They're Here, all can, terrible. No, they're all terrible. They're can all you, the worst. Would you be willing to plug this in? And would make you be it? a deer and plug in her phone? Because then I could charge something. <laughs> so I, I you don't can actually, at least I don't actually have a plug. So if you plug it in, something out of this. It's a, here's a life hack when you're on the road mm. uh, and you've forgotten your outlet plug that go, that the that wait, the cord goes wait, into. Wait, yeah, because I've done a little roading. You've done some road work. I just want to know if our hack is the same. You plug it into the TV. That's it. Hit you it. Just, that's up high. How about I, down low? I, I didn't want to take it from you. I wanted you to know. Get a tickle. Ah! <laughs> I'm a hit with toddlers. I hit with toddlers. That's why I love you. I love you. In her toddler. You had me. What did I do to the pickle? Uh, you cut the pickle. I cut the pickle. And then you get a tickle. Well, you didn't really so, tickle me, but. Up high. Da- no, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a- I'm also anti-tickle. Uh, so uh, let it, let uh, let my let my statements stand for themselves, you Who guys. Who is pro-tickle? No I don't one? Know. No I one don't likes know. it. I, can't I remember imagine. the age I was when I was like, fucking cut that shit out, and it was like four. Yeah, four is when it started. <laughs> I think uh, when I was about four to seven, my brother, one of my brothers thought it was funny to tickle me until I wet myself. That's not funny. That's nope. abuse. No, no, that's abusive. That's it's an abusive cool. behavior. That's uh, a little boy being a dick, is what Why it is. Why is peeing yourself so funny to some people? And, and <laughs> to nobody, nobody enjoys pooping. No, and nobody enjoys uh, pee. It's only funny when. Someone else wets themselves. I, I don't even think that's funny. I'm always very Not moved me, but... by the scene in, uh, I believe it was Billy Madison, where he pees himself <laughs> on purpose. Oh, Remember that scene? No. You I, don't? I don't, I don't think I ever saw Billy Madison. Is that right? I have some free time, uh, and you none of it see... involves television. It's I very sad. I know. You're very a sad. reader. I'm a reader, but I only I read I watched crap. your set last night. Oh. Uh, I loved your set last oh, night. Oh, thank you very much. And I almost tweeted. I loved that Waze joke, man. That oh, Waze joke is a, is a tour de force. I really appreciate that. Yeah. I'm going to film it because it works best in Los Angeles. Yes. And I hope to be doing uh, a, a short TV spot in L.A. soon, and I'm going to tape it for that. Yeah, because that's a good one. I did go one on. of the sad things about that, but it, it doesn't work anywhere else. Well, it doesn't work in New York because nobody's taking it. Nobody's driving. driving. And also in New York, you want to use Waze if you are driving because you need to know like if a street so is closed. If it's you're gonna... on Howard. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to fuck your life for yeah. 30 minutes if you go down the wrong street. Right. Uh, L.A. is a little bit different. I feel like you're going to save a little bit of time. Right. I don't know. 
But yeah. anyway, do you have bits like that that, that, that break your heart the, that you're like, uh, I cannot, you have that great on your album, you have that great Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, happy oh, Kwanzaa, the seasonal. And the seasonal. The, yeah, the seasonal. Yes. And to the atheists. I hope you get your laundry done. That's it. I hope you get your laundry done for the atheists. Because, you know, on these days that some people who are religious mm. spends a quality time. Yes. Um, Doing You're going to be doing things. your laundry. So other people, which can be, be quite some... beautiful. Uh, it's very practical. It's super practical. In their defense, and... we're eating ham and unwrapping. Yes. we're making a mess with wrapping paper. The clean laundry. We're trapped right next to cousins we barely enjoy. Come we're on. hoping that a deity is cleaning our sins. They're really cleaning their. They're socks. actually. <laughs> and there's no one at the laundromat if you have to use a laundromat. It's I, kind of an awesome time. I know it's strange, but I always quietly envied the Jews because is there anything better than <laughs> for a any sl- number? reasons to uh, quietly then? envy the Jews. I'm giving that sense of family, you guys. They do have a D and tradition. It's beautiful. Cultural identity. It's one of the few. I mean, you got Irish. You got yep. Jewish. Uh, I'm sure others, but like mutts like become, me, you're Armenian. I'm Armenian, you yes. You guys have some pride. We oh, it's, you have a quarter it, of Israel, of, I, Ju- of I, Jerusalem. I, I don't think of it as pride, as more as arrogance. Is that- as, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and white BMWs. White BMWs. Who doesn't, who doesn't love some crazy ass? Uh, my people. What, what is happening? Uh, but guys? I love the reason I envy the Jews is because I love a slow Chinese restaurant. Oh, and I can't imagine going on Christmas. I can, and you I could. do with the with the water glasses that are tinted a little yellow. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I like an old school Chinese. Little, little, little uh, I uh, and a cocktail served in like a Buddha head. Like, oh, that's got to be disrespectful. That's, There's that's no a Jesus weird. Straw. That's like a tiki Chinese bar yeah. that you're looking for. I want it trashy and quiet, <laughs> and, and, and quiet. And Chinese food really lulls me. When uh, you know what? That's where I want to give up. That does sound Chinese very food? soothing. No, oh, just, in that setting. In that setting. Can you imagine dying in a white suit, like a linen suit, in an, a just, slow Chinese no, restaurant? No, you in a linen suit, and then there's a ceiling fan. <laughs> And then I've crawled into a bottle. And then I'm drinking whatever I'm drinking out of a tiki mug. I love it. This and is, I love you. You, are, you had me from Cut the Pickle. <laughs> Can I also give you what yes. I think is a fine compliment? And Valerie and I were talking about your set on the way home. Uh, it was nice to meet her, by Isn't the way. Isn't she lovely? That is so, it's going to be Cue magical. The Cue the Stevie, please. Isn't she lovely? I'm just kidding. There we go. She's my Sherry Amore. <laughs> Cue the she Stevie, please. Sherry Amore. Um, she's wonderful. And we were talking about uh, you. This, okay. And how great you were. Thank you. And we were, she said it. I was saying, I hadn't, I, you know, for some reason I haven't seen you in a long time. Right. Well, you were I in New York for you. a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but we used to see, run into each other more on the, on the, more. On the sets. On the sets in New York. Yep. But or, now, or somewhere. Here, yeah. when yeah. I was here. Mm-hmm. When I was yes, absolutely. But now that we both live here, yep, very infrequent. Yep, very still, infrequent. still, still not crossing uh, as no, much. I hadn't this seen is the first one I've seen. I hadn't in a while. seen uh, Nikki Glazer was on the show. Right, I hadn't seen you Natasha in a, a boat load. It was great. Me. It was a great show. And uh, you went up, and I said to Val, I just go, it's like you invented a new style of comedy. Wow, and that is maybe. That's, I mean, if I'm in the compliment bar, like it's yeah, a liquor yeah. bar, right, right. I'm getting a small ladder to get that compliment. That is an amazing compliment. <laughs> that is some good work. But it's completely yeah. true. And then Val said she completely agreed. Mm-hmm. And then she said she – and this, this is a true compliment. I think there's a way to say this that's not great. <laughs> okay. I'm just sure. letting you know. But it's a true compliment, I think. She goes – it's like the funny friend yes. at a restaurant. Like you're at a dinner right. and we don't know you. And it's like, who the fuck is Jackie? <laughs> like what? Because you're doing it 
right. with the audience. Right. There's not like an at them, even though you're very much in control. And I'm very much at them. And you're it's very a, much on top of them. I had a very beautiful woman in the front row mm-hmm. uh, this last, last weekend. Okay. Uh, I was in Seattle doing the new laughs. Ah. You know, it used to be in Kirkland, and now it's downtown. Okay. Right, right off of downtown Fun. Seattle. Fun. Come and unveil your new laughs exactly, at the new laughs. At the new laughs. I've been working on, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> they also have razor wire, which uh, they tried to bring wants. down. No. They're, they're like, I said, just put headshots in it. Because they're that circle razor wire around sort of the the smoking area adjacent. No. And I was like, what is happening with the razor wire? And I don't Angela care goes, we asked if we could take it down. He won't do it. He doesn't realize the neighborhood is changing. We don't need the razor wire. Wow. And I was like, put my headshot in the middle of that. That would I would love that. Just stuck in it. Just, yeah, As just if your headshot was trying to attack the smokers. <laughs> or escape. Yeah, or escape and, the smokers. So jump over. Very healthy. But there was a woman in the front row who lovely loves mm. and comes all the time. Whenever I'm in the Pacific. Loves, laughs. Loves, loves my show. Loves you. Right. And so she was sitting, but front row. Mm. This is a. This oh, what is do we call these people? The Cage? most. This is a quality problem. Is what this is. It's Cage a beautiful. Cache heads. Head sure. caches. Head cache. Oh my god. Head caches. Your fans are called. Your fans are called head caches. Click. Oh no. You just. Uh, oh, no, it, it just was unloaded. Said, it was unloaded. You I'm were just, gonna kill yourself, but it was it, unloaded. Click. Oh now. It's a yeah, at first roulette. it was an automatic. Yeah. Oh now. First it was but an automatic, went, but now I went with a rotary. <laughs> a rotary. <laughs> a rotary dial gun. <laughs> it's a shoot off a nine and a one and a one. Where you have a situation here. <laughs> I have a lot of riffing when Can it comes to. Can you imagine? Oh. No, when it comes to guns, guns I didn't yeah. have any. If you back in the day with a rotary to mm-hmm. dial nine one one, that nine that's a long journey. I said you're dead. The you're number dead should the have been one one one. It's a one one one. It should have been one one one. What if it were zero zero zero? Remember how long that took? It felt like forever. Yep, it was a long time. You could speed it up. Actually, could you? Nope. No, you couldn't. Nope. It, it was, was the clicks as... that were being read by the yeah, phone. But remember when they boop. Boop. And uh, that the, we went from rotary to to, to uh, tone tone based tone based tone buttons. Mm-hmm. Cold, funky cold I remember <laughs> when but you could play a song. There was like some sort of oh, like yeah. chopsticks. Three, or... three, six, nine, nine, six, three, two, one, <laughs> one, two, three, three, one, one. Yes, it wasn't perfect, but it was pretty damn. But close. if you committed to it, everyone knew. It's like playing everyone your zipper. Knew. Yeah, like you can play a zipper and be like, yeah, you can actually play a song on a on a drum as long as you make sure that the the um, the the beats right. Oh yeah, because rhythmically people are going to pick people like. Oh, that's that song. I, I always wanted to do a bit about acapella groups and how it never worked. I don't think I ever tried it. It was just like how I thought oh, it was bit. so funny that acapella groups would be standing in a room going like, yeah, and I'm like, guys, you're sitting on a piano. <laughs> <laughs> just play the fucking piano. Right, right. Play the piano. That's yep. why we made it. Exactly. Have you ever seen that show, um, Sing Off? Yes, it's of a, course. What am I not living well, life? I, Who I have was seen it? Probably pentatonics. I, yeah, the pentatonics. Pentatonics. Came out. The pentatonics came out of it. A couple others, and but I'll tell you. Uh, do we have room for more than one super group that's acapella? I don't think so. Maybe not super group, but we Just, do have room for other groups. We have pentatonics and the people that did Carmen Sandiego. And we, Ashley <laughs> to Norway, Peru to Zimbabwe. We also have uh, the ones that are recreating hip-hop tunes, but done in the 30s. You know those guys? No. I get their names, the pentatonics and the um, postmodern jukebox. Postmodern jukebox. So you they familiar? take... Yeah, they take hose, like funky hoes. Like that's right, right, right. Yeah, they take uh, like Beyonce or something, and then they all the single ladies. Yeah, they stick them in a hat and uh, and a stand up bass and yeah. a piano, and it's lovely. 
Really? Yeah, post I didn't jukebox. expect the, and it's lovely. Oh my gosh, it's so good. <laughs> I was it's waiting for you to so be like, and boy, and you need no. to turn around if you ever see <laughs> you them. You need to, if it comes on the YouTube, yeah. no, go down that No, I'm glad hole. it's great. You yeah. know who I liked was Pomplamoose. Did you ever watch those people? No. On, on YouTube? It's this couple, and I'm, I am I was obsessed with them, and they, they would play their own music, and it was like the husband and wife, and they played every instrument, and they'd like do these uh, covers, kind what? of old-timey yeah, covers yeah. of pop songs. Sounds similar. Yeah. So anyway, we're, we're living life. We're not afraid of... We're not af- afraid of a rabbit hole on a, on a YouTube. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll, what the I'm heck? Sure. Yeah. I'll look up actual rabbit holes. But I didn't know, okay, so I didn't know how to deal with the fact that there was a fan. It's only happened a couple of times. I love that where there's a huge fan. Yeah. Um, a cache, in the front a head row. Cache. A head cache sitting right there in the front. Head oh my cache. God, it's so <laughs> I mean, we, we ha- might have to strike that from the record. <laughs> Just emotionally. Nope. You don't have to do anything. Guess what's Katie. happening? And, uh, <laughs> T-shirts are being made. <laughs> Right now. Are you kidding? Are you kidding me? Head cases. Head case. I'm a head case. You're, you're a head case. You're, you're fun. Gonna, you're going to tattoo it on your forehead. On the forehead. On the forehead. Please don't. So you have this fan in the front. Right. And every time I start a new bit, because I just have a new album out, right? Mm-hmm. That came out in March. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's heard it, it turns out, and is psyched about it. And I'm psyched about her. And she's not alone. It, it, hap- it happens. Uh, but she was a, a very strong version of it, where I would start a new bit and she'd go, Yes! Yeah, I love this. Essentially, I love this no. one. which because you would go, dan, 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 and she right. go, woo! Exactly. You're finally getting, but yours is free bird. So I was just in a hardware exactly. store. Exactly, and woo! and socket sets, you guys. Metric or English? Metric or English? Let's do this. And yes. uh, what's the real American choice? But, so what um, was it, what was the feeling? Did you not enjoy it? Oh, there was a tiny bit of un. Un, it was unbridled rage. I had rage for, for a heartbeat inside rage. for a fan, for a woman who clearly enjoys my the magic of my stand-up because. comedy so much. Because she was right there and so excited, and I couldn't think. Oh, so I was, was having a hard time. Head. It was fucking with my head. It wasn't fucking with the audience because they're kind of like, what's going on? It was no. just fucking with you. Well, the audience eventually felt fucked with because I was in my head and my timing got fucked up. Really? And then I had to totally regroup. I had, that's what that's all I had to do. You know, I just had to What does that mean regroup though? Well, I just had to start over basically. Yeah, I had to uh, literally and it had to occur within Oh, I touched a thing. It had to occur in a minute um where I realized that I was unreasonably angry. Like I had to go through like the seven layers of of salad while or also or, doing stand up. Also doing seven stand-up. layers of burrito. <laughs> That's Taco Bell's grief system. Oh You're a rice that's man. That's their grief. You're that's rice. Their- <laughs> keep pushing through. Let me know when you had nacho cheese. Exactly. <laughs> Taco Bell and, uh, therapist. Yeah. Oh my god, I love that as a premise. <laughs> so um, this is the best format for it. Though. You you couldn't make. I don't a know sketch. how to rec- Yeah, I don't nope. know how to recreate that in, Just in a life. taco with a clipboard listening to your. Yeah, problem. it doesn't necessarily hold up. But the uh, yeah, so I had to like figure out that I was mad. Yes. And I had to acknowledge to myself that it was ridiculous to be mad at someone who is a fan. Cry me some diamond tears, Cation, right? Yeah, right. And then uh, and then I had to address it and go, well, is she going to do it the whole time? Mm. And what will you do? How will you respond? Mm. So I tried one way. And within this minute, this is this is what happened. So I do it. I, I, I go through the two things. And so then I turned around. And I go, you can't have this much fun. 
Uh, I said something along those lines. That's poor, not bad. That's thing. good. It was it was a little harsh, but uh, oh, I thought that was great. But she and she took it well. I was just like, oh my god, your well, excitement is killing very me. Sweet, you're uh, yeah, and uh, but I, it's throwing you off, and it's, it's right throwing me throat. off. And I love that you know every joke, but uh, it's something like that, right? And so, and she was like, oh, I'll keep it together. I'll keep it together. And uh, so we had a moment. Yeah. And uh, and then I was like, okay. So here's and then the decision had to be made. What jokes was I going to do that I knew that she had heard? And uh, it because was. Did you have new stuff? Was it a choice of could you do something else? Uh, well, that's what ended up happening. I was like, <laughs> you're going to be working on some premises during this set is what's going to happen. Because you didn't want her wooing and hooing. Right. Because the wooing and hooing was throwing me. So uh, huh. especially like I do that tantric sex joke. Uh-huh. And if you see it coming. Uh, it doesn't ruin the joke. You're just like, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. And uh, a lot of, uh, as I think we're has been established, comedy uh, relies on surprise. Right. So, uh, so if you are not surprised, you're Brian Regan. You know, he'll do an hour yeah. and then he'll come back out and do some classics. Right. And during the classics time, he will often make an announcement. He'll say, "Now remember, you've heard these jokes." And so at the end of when I you'll say do that joke and I'll do it and yeah. then you'll say to yourself yeah that's how it goes yeah. that's a great joke yeah. and so he's not going to get a huge and he knows right I no. saw Mitch Hedberg do something similar where he uh, someone requested a joke he did it no one laughed and he went laugh yeah. motherfucker you asked for it. <laughs> like, laugh like he, right. he wasn't really mad but it, it can be distracting right right it was it was merely that and interesting and I had done. You know, the thing is, is most of my new material, okay, for the last six months, most of my new, or maybe eight months, whatever, has been political. Mm. I've never traditionally been a political comic, but we're living through a shit show. What do you mean? And so, I know, what's happening? <laughs> and uh, so, uh, so I've, I, I was only writing political jokes. And, yeah. And then, and some of them are just... Yeah, I thought that was interesting because you're, I listened to your record. Oh, did you? preparation. Oh, did and you? And you're like, I had an hour of solid material. Mm-hmm. And then the, the sky was lit on fire. Right. A lot of people felt. <laughs> I feel. Uh, myself included. Felt very bad. And then you were like, I'm going to do a lot of political jokes because you felt the need to do it. Right. Whereas uh, just I'm interested in your thinking there because my thought would be, shit, I had a show the day after the election. Yeah. And it, I forget where it was, but it was in uh, a red I finally state. got to use the uh, – got to play the Denver Comedy Works. Yeah. I'm trying to get in there for 20 years. I'm booked the day after the election. Ha. And everyone is literally just shell-shocked yeah, walking yeah, yeah. around Denver. Anyway. I know. Yeah. I, I, I remember that day. It was yeah. very weird. I, like, I think I've maybe said on the podcast before, you got up and you're like, oh, people are getting coffee. I guess we're still drinking coffee. <laughs> right. Like every, everything was like <laughs> – do I eat breakfast? Yeah. Is it uh, called lunch yet now? <laughs> like, like, I thought everything was right, different. Right, exactly. Is it called Trump Presents Nachos? Yes. yes. <laughs> Does he self-congratulate himself that you ordered a burrito? <laughs> and, uh, I was going through the seven layers of grief, <laughs> so it was very fitting to eat a burrito. But um, my approach as, as a goofy, friendly-faced fellow, which is what you are as well, yes. not a political person, I went, maybe it's the coward's route, maybe history will remember Pete. On, nobody will remember. <laughs> uh, but I was just like, guys, hello. It's crazy. I would like to offer you an hour of not thinking about it, that, and and you didn't do that. And there's no judgment here. No, no. What a but great, I did what a great that. move. I, for the week at the the comedy works in Denver. Yes, I did not address it. Okay. I just worked on the 45 for my new album. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. And because I was recording the album 
six weeks later. Mm-hmm. And so I and on Sunday of that week, some woman, she was the only person who mentioned it. She goes, you didn't mention the situation at all. And I did not mention mm. it at all. I mm. said, I figured we all needed about an hour and a half a piece a day. Mm. And she was like, I appreciate it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> in that first week. In yeah, that yeah, first yeah. week. Sure, sure, sure. By the time I was recording, because that was November 8th, I recorded the album the uh, December 26th, 27th, 20, like the week of New Year's New Eve. New Year's, yeah. And, That's um, funny. For a person who doesn't like people going, "Woo!" <laughs> you picked the worst weekend. Well, it was uh, it was funny because uh, Louis uh, Lee, I, I always recorded at Acme, right, in Minneapolis. Uh-huh. And he was like, do you want the New Year's week? And I was like, oh, the money's better, isn't it? He goes, yeah. I said, yeah, I do. Uh, I still want to record, though. <laughs> I'm not going to record New Year's night, though, because that's uh, it's going to be – Yeah, it's, it's too much babysitting. And I usually don't even play New Year's Eve. But right. he was like, do you want the New Year's week? And uh, at Acme, if you are the comic of the uh, the week at, at Acme and New Year's week, you get a free zip hoodie. A free so, zip hoodie? That's- a free – and it, it's a bonus thing that you get only if you work New Year's week. <laughs> Jackie, these are weird. <laughs> Fun facts. Weird comedy insight, you guys. Weird incentive <laughs> to pick the out. Al- the week, this know. is the week you're doing your album. Right. And also by the sound of it, the audience didn't know it was your album recording. Like you oh. announced it on stage. I did announce like you it. You announced it on stage. I, did, I announced it on stage. Yeah, I didn't. I'm just fascinated with album theory. There's album- some people that are like, it should be CD recording night. And yes. they know. And yes. you were like, okay, two, two un- unconventional moves. One, I'm doing 12 new minutes. To I don't open. want you to know. Yes. Two, I'm going to do 12 to open. 12 new. And, you know, I, I mean, even in L.A., you run into people who weren't upset about the election. Right. You know what I mean? And, and people that... Uh, they're might... not invited to the house, by the way. <laughs> and so do whatever you need to do out there. Yeah, but you don't know if they're there. Right. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. I guess... I know if they're at my house. If they're lurking... They we lurk. have a lot of feral cats. Uh, so if that's them, I'm like, is that a new tabby or is that that conservative comic that I don't know? <laughs> but you would add a couple months to yeah. work sort of, on this Trump material. Right. And it was, you know. It's very I, funny. I'm not saying, hey, why did you do that? It works. Yeah. But it does time stamp it. It it's, totally it's time not, stamps it. You know, that was the other thing, though, is I kind of wanted to get my World War Three joke out. How, how obnoxious is this? I wanted before to be. Before World War Three. Bef- before World War Three. You and wanted before that a album. bunch of People started to do it because I knew that it was a joke that a lot of people would make. That we were going to be the bad guys yeah. in World War Three. Yeah. You want your album? That is it's a, a new stamp. level of narcissism. It's a, yeah. It's like, but I, I, I relate to it. My mirror. You yeah. want to look at your vagina? <laughs> exactly. Uh, wait, I don't know why I went there. Fifteen minutes ago. <laughs> oh, the top of the uh, what did top I call the, it? The uh, filling station. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> top of the hour. <laughs> You want your record in the uh, in the time capsule that they find yeah. on the smoldering mass that or, used to be this country. So someone goes, ha, Jackie Cation knew. Yes. But they'd say that in German. Uh, I, you know, I've been working on a bit about Nostradamus. Nothing useful. Not, he only uh, predicted things that happened in like 1999. <laughs> Can you imagine being his kid and he's like, the two twin brothers in New York. It's a little wrong. New York yeah. will fall. Right. It's like, can you tell me if I need an umbrella? No right. <laughs> right. Well, anything. You, you remember that Paul F. Tompkins joke about. Um, Is it about that? It's about the weather. It's about we- weathermen. People always oh, give weathermen shit because they, yes. they are wrong. So sometimes. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, they're predicting the future. So why don't you cut them some slack? That's really He funny. does a, mu- a much better version of it. than Seinfeld has a joke. I That's that punch line I realized after the fact is a Seinfeld punchline. He goes, oh, there you go. they're always 
telling me about the front and the thing. Do I need oh. a? Do I need to bring an umbrella? I'm pretty sure it's him. Oh, that's also oh, the throwaway line at the end. The is, throwaway, is, which I didn't is, even consider the joke. I was just kind of like, uh, can you tag. predict something else? Yes, <laughs> but I wouldn't do it on stage. We're just no, too, no. We're too. Gale we're just talking. talking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yes, ma'am. Yeah, the album itself was a. Uh, a bit of a because here's the other thing. I have 12 minutes about my dad that I was that was going to go on that. Like, I, wait, was, you just cut it? I just cut it. Why not just do a longer album? Uh, well, no, because I didn't. Because every time I was doing that bit, in, I want the uh, up 12 the election, on your dad. Oh, I, I'll put it on the next album because oh, okay. I'm working on it. Because it was 12 about my dad as a salesman and a pitchman and some uh, mixed martial arts decisions. I mean, like sort of decisions that weren't necessarily the most moral decisions. What do you and, mean? Well, two different people came up to me, and that's too too many to say. Your dad kind of sounds like Donald Trump, and I was like, "Did you want to get punched in the throat?" Wow. Why? Uh, what? But, What's um, going on? Well, because my dad is. Is a pitchman, right? And he is a salesman. What is a pitchman? He sells vacuum cleaners. Uh, he's he's, the, 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 he's the, Michael Keaton in the, the founder. The sales pitch is 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 what you're doing, and yeah. the person who makes the sales pitch is the pitchman. Ah, there so he go. worked in advertising. He's oh no no he's always been a salesman. Oh, I'm he sorry, sold you just everything. said that salesman. Yeah, he sold mausoleum crypts, toupees, mostly aluminum siding. Let me ask you, friend. Uh, yep. Do you like having that bald spot? <laughs> Oh, I used take a to look do, at this head of hair. I used Let me to do tell you bit. something about it. It was twelve ninety nine. Hi, uh, I'm he, Jackie's dad. He would comb dad. his hair like a toupee and then pretend to adjust it. Back Shut in the, 60s. the fuck up. Not even kidding. Not he even. would comb it as, as a toupee. Yeah, to make it look like a shitty toupee uh, or a nice toupee. And then he would pretend to adjust it. And I don't know if he's lying to or To sell not. toupees? To sell toupees. This is back in the late 50s, Okay, well, 60s. the hair already sounds a little bit like Trump. Don't punch me. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. Right? And, uh, and he had a thick head of hair. It's, it's thinning now, but he's 80. Uh-huh. So what are you wow, going to do? still going? And, uh, still going. Still uh, pitching the Lord every morning on uh, more life. He Let me sold tell you four jobs two months ago, man. He's just installing them this, this week. Yeah. He's pretty psyched about it. And, is that true? Uh, it is true. My so father, he's still working. He, yeah. My father, there's no retire. He's like a comic in the way. That he's like, well, he's like a comic too. We sell jokes, kind of. Oh, that's that was what he always said. He said, "You think you're not in sales because everyone in my family is in sales." Yeah, and he's like, "You just sell jokes." And I was like, "I don't want to be in sales, Dad." And he's yeah, like, it's not, I, "I I do take issue a little bit with it, but I remember in the book Truth and Comedy about improv, they're like yeah. stand up comedians are just salespeople selling jokes. There's a there's a kernel of truth there. There, well, yeah, there's it." It's not the That's picture. the thing about my dad is that my father is always eighty five percent right. But he sticks the land and he sticks in. He and, digs in. Yes, and he's right. Well, it, here's the thing. So, like during the election process, mm. the the years of election process, uh, I Trump is such a disaster of a of a Ooh. person, and he's like he's a, as a salesman, right? And I was talking to my dad. I talked to him. You know, I'd be like. It's a hell of a hell of a dude, this pitchman. Because I never watched the the reality shows that he was on. I didn't know anything about Trump. Him. Yeah, who and, did? Uh, Alicia Cooper, for, uh, a friend of mine, comic. <laughs> she she was on the Dork Forest, and she talked about how she l- used to follow his Love tweets. Love the Apprentice. She loved the Apprentice and followed. And so, but I would be like, so I at one point I said to him, I was like, so what do you think about Trump initially? And he said it's weird about him because he. Uh, he said, I like to pitch – got to pitch the couple, right? Because you're not going to make the sale unless you get both the husband and the wife there. you got to get both parties, the that's, partners. That's Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. When right. would be the best time to speak with both you and your you husband? Have, yes, you have to pitch both because they're not going to make a decision without the other, right? Yeah, of course. And uh, she so said – When would the, the man of the house be home? <laughs> 
but he was. They like, still do that by I, this is. We have a landscape where somebody comes yeah. and cuts our grass, and he'll always be like, uh, "What should I do with this tree?" And Val will be like, "Oh, you can just throw that away. We're not gonna like this little shitty tree." And he's like, uh, "When will Peter be home?" Yes. I'm like, guys, she I can know make the, it's fine. I feel like I won't sit through it myself. I can't. What do you I, mean? The the pitch. I can't. Whenever anybody, my Andy loves my husband loves. I know Andy. Uh, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I don't, well, I don't know Andy. And I'm, well, yeah, you'll meet him. He's lovely. I love him. And uh, he but makes he, video games. He does professionally, professionally, and board games, uh, semi-professional. <laughs> so, uh, but he. Uh, um, but I feel like the, board game companies will take whoever has an idea. Oh, there's no money in it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Candyland, but with uh, savory food. Oh, do not bid a little the the burgeoning industry of, of board games. Lamb chop land. <laughs> It's uh go down the bone marrow slide. Uh, so so <laughs> you're weeding off. You're weeding off. I well, know. Granted, we have the rest of our lives ahead of us. Please here, but, get um, in there. So you're um, talking about Trump and the apprentice and the pitch and the and, well, no, and the, your dad and, and the my, pitch. my dad's like he's got a he the way Trump pitches is he pitches to the person in front of him. He thinks he's making the sale when he's talking to the person in front of him, and he's only trying to sell sell to the person in front of him. So he's like I. And your dad is like, that's baloney. Uh, yeah, that that rarely works. And right. I said, so, and so like three months before, two months before the election, I was like, do you think he could win? And my dad goes, sometimes you make the sale. You don't even know you made the sale. You don't even know how you did it. So, yes, he could win. He'll have a hard time sitting with that horseshoe up his ass. But I, he could <laughs> is win. Is that an expression like, whoops, I bought these this horse and now I have a horseshoe up my ass? No, he's super lucky. Oh, that would be a luck thing. It's yeah. a horseshoe. My father is Orville Redenbacher. <laughs> a lot of Here's what my father had to say about Hillary Rodham Clinton. She he said she's not hot, but she's overqualified. Yeah, she she. When, I'm not just saying this, and I'm not very political. When I watched the debates, I, I, I would I, I was like, I will take that. That is not a way to make a decision. Yeah, but I'll take it because you're an old horn dog. Yeah. That's my dad. He's <laughs> he just, just wants aging, a hot woman. He always at all times he would like someone to be uh, an attractive uh, lady. Yeah, but uh, Ian he Edwards, likes a tiny blonde woman. That's his favorite. But Ian Edwards, who uh, canceled. <laughs> I it is not okay. it twice. <laughs> I'm so mad about it. No, I was listening to his record in preparation, uh, and he has an. an I'd amazing, be furious too. Ian, ah, yeah. Ian's very, very, very funny. So here's, no, he is. But I don't listen to anything. Out. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I listen to people's albums on the way I to the podcast. That. Oh, that's fascinating. Uh, just to get them on my brain. So he has an amazing bit about like you don't like if Condoleezza Rice was beautiful, you'd be like she fucked her way to the top. But the first time you saw her, you're like, that, that bitch must be smart. That's, <laughs> that's his words. Now, and, and it's Christ. the same thing with Hillary. She yeah. was very, very beautiful when she was young. But now that sort of presidential no, they were both good lo- they Abraham were both Lincoln style of look. If you go back to your 20s, though, um, almost all of us are better looking than we had any right to be. That's hilarious. It's so funny because you're just like, oh, I can't believe I didn't know how good looking I was. I, that's you're like, true. It's, and I, I thought I, I was you- soft then. Right, exactly. exactly. I yeah. thought there was trouble then. I would have been walking around topless and just being like, deal with this. <laughs> Don't you want in on this? And Come I on. slept with a t-shirt on until I was 18. That's my, my dad. I only <laughs> stopped because people stopped buying It's for the Sun. <laughs> <laughs> it's nighttime. The sun is sleepy time now, like you. <laughs> We're night swimming, Pete. <laughs> that's hilarious. Well, I didn't need the shirt in the night because I had the cover of darkness. Oh, that's it. But full it. moon, night swimming, uh, I'm superstitious. I don't that's have a horseshoe up Did you head. ever go um, – did you ever skinny dip ever? Have you ever I've done skinny dipped. I've skinny dipped. Dupped. Dupped? How dare you? How dare I? Are you losing your audio? Yeah, I keep touching this thing, which clearly – Canadian. Uh, Hardwick, seriously, you have $100. <laughs> 
replace this item. I was just texting with Katie. They were like, remember, there's only one road kid. I was like, come on. Nerdist (laughs) is doing fine. We're doing fine. <laughs> they were doing fine. It's all and, and a big part of the business is podcast. Let's let's get a new wire. Is what exactly. you're saying? Yeah. No. Well, right. Wait. Isn't Dark Forest on Nerdist? No. It's uh, okay. it was solo for a long, long time. I asked if it could be on Nerdist, and I think there was a conflict. I thought or you I wasn't cool enough. I, Jackie and Lori is on Nerdist, but this is not a cool network. We're the uncool network. Because of the Nerdist monitor? Which is weird. That's why I just assumed Dark Forest was on. <laughs> well, I th- no, no. I think it was a because con- Dork Nerd Geek. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You know what? I there was a committee meeting that I held in my own brain for why I was not accepted onto the Nerdist Network, but uh, nobody. Um, who knows? I probably said no. I I actually wanted to be my own thing in the end. So I mean, we'll we'll, we'll never know because uh, I don't have the rules. I never did take notes. <laughs> I have. I don't have Robert's rules uh, um, in, on the committee. But you were saying I do Jackie and Laurie for Nerdist. The Jackie and Laura uh, That's show what you with do. With Kill Martin. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And all we do is talk about the minutia of stand-up comedy. Is that true? It is. That it sounds, is ridiculous. It sounds fun if you're really uh, into that. Yeah. That's but, the very polite answer. And you are correct. It is exact. The funniest thing is... That's is, the is, polite answer. See, the, that's the comics of the week. That's the list of the comics of the week. I don't understand. Uh, every week we pick a different comic and, and, and plug them. Oh, really? We're like, you've never heard of this person. Why don't you like this person? Oh, that's why I... Is that... I'm not on the list. Yeah, first got a couple of problems. One, you're um, you're doing fine. You don't need the bump. <laughs> yeah, but I'll... you know who else we're not picking? Aisha Tyler <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Sarah Silverman. Yeah, that's it's very, good. Yeah, that's very it's sweet be... of you. Uh, but it, so you pick uh, lesser known comedians, right? Just I feel and... like you'd run out of those. No, Nicole Byer. I mean, she's known. I know Nicole Byer. Oh well, but you, I'm a you, comedian. You're a comic, but yeah. I'm just saying you have a uh, 92 people that you. Nine, there's 92 episodes. Um, Lorik and Martin and I are 92 hours into a friendship. Uh-huh. So if you listen to like the first five episodes, you're like, we don't know each other. Well. We just know each other from doing stand up around the improv, right? Well, tell me about you as a comedian because you're so good. Oh, and thank you. this is also something I said to Val. I go, she's. Usually when I go, this person's worked the road, it's not a compliment. <laughs> right. I mean, there's road dogs that you're like, oh, that, that hurt. You You lost the battle of the road. Yes. The, the road is a battle. Yeah, tell me about <laughs> that it. You can, that because you can you've, lose. Because you've played it and you won. Yeah. Well, you maintained a voice. My fa- I could see you killing, and I said this about, I could see you killing in a roadhouse in Rockford, Illinois. Sure. And I could see you I was killing. in Peoria not long ago. Yes. It, will, it, will it play in Peoria? And it did. And it did. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not surprised. I was across from a stock car racing uh, <laughs> track. But how did you – I'm fascinated. So tell me a little bit of the story. You started in Milwaukee? I started in Madison, Wisconsin. Great in, place to start. Uh, at, comedy, at the Comedy on State? No, no. It was 1984. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, Sam Kinison's brother. Bill Kinison owned a comedy club. Mm-hmm. It was called the Comedy Cellar, weirdly enough, hmm. uh, 1984. And um, it was open for eight months. <laughs> Next I, time I'm at the cellar in the village, I'm going to yeah. say, 1984 called It Got Its <laughs> Club Back. Oh, it burned down. <laughs> yeah, and, but it got it back. And it got it back. It's yeah, back in go. New York. And, uh, and Kinison, uh, Bill Kinison, hilarious. It was it was open for eight months. Mm. There were seven of us local comics. We all got to go up every night that's because amazing. there was no one else there. You were the Beatles in Germany, and uh, yes, that's to, what I think of me and Steve Marmel as uh, the Beatles. 
and uh, and so because I started with Marmel, old Marmy, uh, yeah, you know Marm, you know Marms, <laughs> and uh, so but the uh, the crazy thing is is it burned down after eight months. I got a one point eight that semester, and uh, and then I thought about quitting college. And moving to your either... grades almost quit college for you. Oh yeah, I was almost asked to leave. Yeah, yeah. So uh, and my sister said it'll just be another three years. Don't sweat it. And then the next year, I was like, I got to quit college. And she was like, It's just going to be another three years. Don't sweat. It. <laughs> and that's how long it took. It took five years. And that was '88. And then I went to I I wandered around and drank a lot and went to Europe. And then I ended up in Minneapolis in '90. Uh huh. And were you the shows? Were they any good in Madison? My shows? Not your shows, oh. just the club. Just the club. How the was club it? was. Were um, you drawing from the University of Wisconsin? We were draw. Uh, we we're drawing from Sam Kinison's acquaintanceship at the comedy store here in Los Angeles. So they were all super young comics who were willing to work. Remember, no, this I mean was, like the audiences, though. Oh, the audience. Oh, yeah, they were all right. There. I mean, the thing is, is uh, weirdly enough, I do you do you ever meet anybody who goes, you know, I go to see comedy all the time. I never meet those people, and yet the rooms are full, and you're like, who are you? I love you. I'm so psyched you're here. But I literally, when you're like in a cab. You know what's funny, though, is because I love Largo so much, for example. Yeah. Uh, what am I, Nick, a Nick Kroll character? Because I love Largo so much, of course, for example. <laughs> I will uh, go to Largo on night. Like, I'm starting to understand oh, that if you have out? a play and just watch. Because I love it. Like, yeah. I love the vibe. I love the theater and all that sort of stuff. So that's the closest I've come. But for the most of my career, the most – what am I, a Nick Kroll character? <laughs> but for the most of my career, of course, for example, I didn't, uh, I didn't understand. I would always look at the crowd with the same attitude. Barry Seinfeld, who are these people? Oh, interesting. I yeah. don't care. Yeah, but uh, who's I've... going bowling, too? Who's, right. who's selling out – Who's doing anything? Boo, too. Right. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Like a lot of people. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. There it's... are people that are out there. And you know what it is? Is like when I do uh, – here. Uh, it's just an interesting topic. Mm-hmm. When I was shooting season two uh, of Crashing, <laughs> um, <laughs> what? I was so uh, stressed. Not in a bad way. Stress always sounds like, well, something was wrong. Nothing was wrong. It's just it was very just stressful. A, yeah, it was – yeah. Full days. Right. And then the weekends were also – Full right. in other ways, like we'd have to write or this or that. Wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so happy to have that stress. But I realized something that I never really knew before, which is that people need entertainment. And oh. I needed entertainment. Uh. And we were in New York and Val was like buying tickets to shows. Yeah. And she got us tickets to see – it's called The Play That Goes that goes Wrong. It's mm-hmm. I, It was lovely. So when I say it's broad, I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean like your mother would love it. My mother would love it. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. And as I'm laughing so hard in the first five minutes that I think the, first, the guy on stage actually made a comment kind of like you yeah. in Seattle about like settle down. Right. I was like, you don't understand. I need My this. pot is boiling over <laughs> and you are the only thing that takes it off the burner and I was like that's who's going to comedy like it's a service industry that's part of why I don't fully buy into the selling thing because part of selling is convincing people they need it and comedy is is something you need this is why monkeys tickle each other get your dad on the phone excellent and uh, let me say this is that you've kind of actually helped me with the woman in the front row yeah just because (laughs) her pot was overflowing it was overflowing and she needed we don't know what her life 
life is. Right. And she, she went was home just to her psyched. dead snake. And like, and, well, she was just <laughs> psyched to be out and just let her be. Yes. Let her have the damn time of her life. Right. Because we are living in a bizarro world. Right. Everything's She's upside gotta, down where we're like, oh, this is where I go to work. These are the hours I keep. Yeah. Of course, I'm in a comedy club. You got to bleed off some of that energy. And yes. if that's, this is how she's doing it, that's great. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Hit so, it. Uh, 1990, I moved to Minneapolis. Uh, 1996 or seven, I so moved here. So the crowds here. were okay in Madison, yeah. and then you went to Minneapolis. Right, right. And the crowds were- Minneapolis is great. Where did I play it? It was the like the Young Women's Club of- oh, the, Yeah, the Women's Center. I, I had that. one of the best sets of my life at the Women's Center. I just Center. did that, opening for I Bamford. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. I, I want to go back. That's like a secret I'm keeping, where I'm it's like- a nice little theater. I don't want to tell anybody. I do. I actually do. Minneapolis, great town for comedy. Really great town for I, comedy. But like, I hate to be this closed-minded city folk, but oh, I was kind of like, it's going to be, uh, I don't know, they're going to like Oh, do you real... think they were gomers or something? I just have a lot of like pro-gay stuff, and I'm mm-hmm. always a little bit aware whenever I'm like, but obviously I was wrong. What R- The point of the story, wrong. <laughs> same thing with, uh, right. you know, Milwaukee, same thing with Madison. Like, there's a lot of places where it's okay for a man to express, right. hey, everybody's a little bit gay, or whatever you want to yeah. say. Here's a weird thing, is that is that what I've, I've thought about about stand-up more in the last couple of years is that audiences, stand-up audiences, even in Peoria, yeah. uh, are more open-minded, not liberal, but more open-minded uh, people who go to see stand-up a lot than regular people, only because they don't do any fucking research. They do no research. They show up. They're to a either comedy club. right, and they're so that's an open-minded act. That is the most open-minded. It's like going to a see... movie because you're like it's called Tweezer, right? Yeah, <laughs> you you could see Nick DiPaolo. You could see Lisa yeah. Lampanelli. You could see Maria Bamford. You could see Paul F. Tompkins. You're a fluid person. You're a fluid person. You're like not like any of this, but it's funny, and and so which I think is is one of the greatest things about just comedy fans in general mm. is that they're just so great. Because they will sit there going, not on agree. And so, like, I will try some of this political stuff, and I'm like, hey, if you're a fan of Trump, I'm getting walked to my car. So <laughs> do whatever you need to do uh, afterwards when we are no longer together. But right now, I have the mic. Have so. you run into that, though? Mm, one guy, you know, I... I pushed an old man about three months ago, and I'm doing a bit about it. It oh isn't God. okay. What do you you push an old man? I pushed an old man. Is this it your isn't. dad's MMA story? I it's write a- that down. <laughs> Doesn't your dad have an MMA? Well, tell me about pushing an old man. I, I uh, let's first though. Was at the Ralphs? In yeah. your uh, defense, because mm. it sounds like you're not proud of it. No. Let's picture an old man that we that no one likes. Who, I can tell you. Who? I can tell you. It's You'll an tell old me man. about this man. Yeah. Oh, we don't have to picture one. No. No. I just want to cast it in my mind as somebody that like is sad. Eighty year old white guy, uh-huh. Dockers belt. Polo shirt, loaf of French bread. Picturing First, my dad trying exactly. a new type of bread. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Branching out in the grain I department. Right. So so clearly, neither homeless nor crazy. Yeah. Walking out of a Ralph's at 10 o'clock on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. And he starts yelling at the rent-a-cop as he's walking out, calling him the N-word. Ooh. This is two, three months ago, saying that uh, he has AIDS and he uh, I bet he, he called the bread monkeys. freedom bread. <laughs> he might have called the bread freedom bread. Ah. <laughs> that joke is so Obama. Well done. You can and, have uh, it if so you don't want don't it. Want it. Anyway, so, <laughs> no, you, you can have it if you don't want it. I don't want you doing it if you want it. Right. If you want it, I'm keeping I it. I want you doing it. And after you do it, I want you to take out a trombone and go, <laughs> and go, I had to. It was, uh, yes. It was Pete. It was forced upon me. do it. And yes. Then the kid had so anyway. Anyway, so I I should have. He's calling this guy the N word. Terrible. 
Right. Horrible. Just and fills no- the air with acid. Right. He's just out of his damn mind, yeah. obviously, right? And so normally I go to rent a cop dude and – you know, whenever something horrible happens, you're supposed to go to the person that the, that it's happening to right. and be supportive of that person. Right. Um, and I probably would have done that three years ago or ten years ago. You're feeling tense. And this election is what I be with, safe in saying. It's affecting you emotionally a little bit even more than maybe. And and, and I have become more and more resp- you know, aware of my responsibility as an American citizen to stand up for the disenfranchised, right? Mm-hmm. And I think we all are the safety yeah, pin movement, all that right? Stuff. I mean, and it's there's no the, there's there's no way that as a middle aged white lady, I'm supposed to just stand there and let somebody get shit given to them, right? right. I mean, it's, what is the guy doing? Oh, he, the oh, the, uh, the rent-a-cop? I love that you call him a rent-a-cop, which is like another story where it's like, this guy's calling a security guard a rent-a-cop, so I had to push him. <laughs> like, rent-a-cop <laughs> always seems like a degrading thing. Well, and the thing is, is he was laughing because it was probably the third time it had happened that day. Something horrible. Where are we? We're at a Ralph's at 10 o'clock on a in Friday. LA? In L.A.? Yeah. Weird. So instead of commiserating with the gentleman who is uh, like – Look at this fucking idiot. Uh, and he's laughing. He's laughing, but I'm not really. All I'm seeing is stupid yeah. guy. And so it I go up to stupid guy. It doesn't really matter if, if the guy isn't offended because racism on its own is offensive. Right. Like right. It, you was, don't have to be the victim of it to be offended by it. Right. I'm not Jack Reacher. I'm not going to kill him. I would have preferred Jason Bourne, but yes. Oh, Jack should, Reacher. I don't Jack care for Reacher. Him. You, Have you tried any of those books? They're hilarious. The They're, books. You yeah. really do read garbage. Yeah. Oh, I'll read whatever. It's, uh, Al I tried to watch the movie, and as soon as he's like, hey, here's what's going to happen. That phone's going to ring. I was like, come on, guys. Tom Take Cruise your wiener out is of my five ear. foot four, and uh, Jack Reacher is six foot five. So uh, ah. it is a forced perspective on the entire shoot. Um, is that true? No, I don't know. That's hilarious. It's, uh, I just you know, always, I'm six five. Are you six That's five? Very six five and a half. Do you feel uh, super uh, giant when uh, you go to Disneyland and you walk down the main street I because do. it's on a forced perspective of 75? percent so that Is children that feel like they're yeah so that children feel like they're they're adults get the fuck into my life cation <laughs> <laughs> has got fun facts i do feel giant but i feel giant everywhere Right, and Jack Reacher is giant as well. He's six foot five, yeah. and he's constantly headbutting people. And here's the thing about Jack Reacher. He just wants to be left alone. There's injustice that happens around him that he cannot ignore. Oh, that's funny. Like you. Like myself. I see uh, now for, why you went with Jack Reacher. Except for that I don't have the training. I feel like Jason Bourne would ignore this situation because it would blow his cover. <laughs> Right, he would just let it. Let it. He he's can't more be of on a the spy. News. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's a spy. Slip away. Jack Reacher's a cop. You're going so. through, and you decide to reacher the situation. Except for I don't. I, I, it has taken away from me all decisions. I just lose my shit. Is what happens. And oh, I get in this guy's. Like, and I get in this guy's you face. You see white. Yes, I see white, yeah. and uh, I see how white we both are, and and how and white on white so crime funny. has to be uh, accountability. That's yeah. the white on white crime that has yeah, to yeah, occur yeah. at this time. So I get in his face, and I'm like, "Nope, not okay. You're an idiot. Stop doing it." Is that how you say it? Yep, and uh, <laughs> and uh, and he's backing up, and he's just taking it. You know, and and he's just taking it because I look like everyone's mom. It doesn't even matter that you're older than I am. Yeah. This reminds you of your mother. You're going to listen to me yell yeah. at you. You've tapped into the eternal mother. The eternal mother. And yes. you put you got your <laughs> nagging finger out. Right. I'm bossy fucking yeah, Magoo yeah, yeah. in this dude's face. Right. And finally, he goes. You know, this is none of your business. This has nothing to do with you. And I said, 
when he said that, yeah. n- there's no excuse for what he's doing. But did you think maybe something had happened between these gentlemen? Or was he just being random? Did, no, no, I was did following Did you see him. it start? Yeah, I saw it start. You saw it start? It came out of the fucking so blue. So what the fuck is he talking? You, you can't apply logic when you're just being insane. He's You can't be like, you don't know what Napoleon just whispered <laughs> in my ear. Like, sir, we're in reality. I was there. Yeah, I've been I here. I was there the I've whole been time. here the whole time. We walked out together, yes. you dumb fuck. You French bread. Simple carbohydrate, simple man. (laughs) You can have that if you don't want it. (laughs) So, yeah, like literally, the the cop's not saying anything, the old man's not saying anything, and then the old man is saying to the security guard, he's like, you uh, effing N-word, and then you're, I bet you're gay, you fuck monkeys, and you should go back to Haiti. That was literally what the dude said. And I was like, no. And he's like, hear me out. (laughs) Like There's no hear me out after a tirade. And Haiti? You are inaccurate, sir. Anyway, so. Barf Barf City. Horrible. Gross. I'm sorry. Terrible, right? So the dude says, this is none of your business. It has nothing to do with you. And I said, "Uh, I'm going to. Tell me you said I'm making this my business. (laughs) Because then I will believe you read Jack Reacher novels. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! I kind of wish I had said I'm it. Making this, I almost did. I said something almost as lame. Yeah, I said it's uh, it's it's my. I said I'm an American, and this is America, and it's entirely my business. I think that's beautiful. And he said, I don't. I think that's great. Eighty year old dude goes, "Puh, America." Not even kidding. Puh. What's puh? Puh. America. America. That's exactly what he so said. So the script says pa, but you're reading it and you're auditioning and you're like, do I say pa? Do I say pa? And then your wife or, yeah. or my, your husband goes, I think it's pa. Thank yeah. you. I, I almost embarrassed myself. America. And I America. turned into a country music song and fucking pushed him. So uh, Wait, that was over the line? That was it. <laughs> Not my country. Yeah. And you pushed him. And I pushed Where him. Where are we pushing him? In the belly? Uh, uh, in the shoulder. In the shoulder. And I pushed him. And I didn't with push one him hand. down with one hand. And I didn't push him. I stiff-armed him, essentially. Uh-huh. I didn't push him down. He didn't fall. He didn't die. He could have. He dropped 80, the bread. He's a frail old <laughs> fucking dude. No, he held on to the bread, actually. The so, bread stabilized him. <laughs> possibly. French he, bread. The cane pushed, of breads. <laughs> I pushed him into some carts. <laughs> you and, did? Yes. Okay. Essentially, the rows of carts outside of Ralph's. He just, we went into the carts. Okay. And So, so I, you moved him. I moved him. Yeah, I pushed him. It wasn't okay. But here, I mean, and the thing is, is here's how I know that I'm not the hero of that story is because when Captain America does something or Jack Reacher does something uh, to save somebody or to stand up for somebody, he then doesn't go to his car and cry. That's not uh, the. Those uh, are the deleted scenes. That's of, the deleted uh, scenes of Soldier. Steve Rogers. It doesn't take three days for Steve Rogers to tell his husband that he pushed an old man. I think that's whenever there's a close-up shot of Steve Rogers just kind of looking stoic inside. He's weeping on, on, on pink quilts. Like it's very difficult. That's what it's Civil hard. War is about. It's hard to try and help. Yes, it is hard to help. But uh, so I mean, the, but the, so you push it. No charges pressed. This guy's. Oh no! Then and then literally he stays. Stabilizes and we have a converse. And we have just sort of a shouting thing while he walks to his car and I walk to my car, and then I go cry in my what car. What racist drive? Uh, <laughs> oh, I don't. It was a, it was a white sedan, late model, hmm. maybe maybe early two thousands. Nothing that fancy. The white power. My sedan. father has a ninety nine town car. Here's the thing: <laughs> is your dad is, racist? My dad is a button pusher. My brother, who is you're a people pusher. <laughs> <I know. laughs> 
<laughs> that is a pun that works. There's some wordplay, you guys. You guys, we all, we all listening? They and, uh, turned it off a long time ago. <laughs> this is just us talking. Just us having a conversation. Yeah, we're Fair just enough. talking. Fair enough. So your dad's about, well, what, how did this, did you talk to the security guard? No. You just went. That's it. You didn't even go in the route. No, we, we well, were, you were coming out. Excuse me. We were coming out. So, so you we just were went in your car. That guy. Like I saw him. Ice laugh. cream melting. And by the way, he didn't come over and break it up. <laughs> so like he had nothing to do with it. That's afterwards. weird because that's kind of like a social duty and just his duty that's as, his as job. a security. Turns guard. out his job is uh, if there's some sort of altercation, he might have wanted to come over and go. It, hey, does it have to be in the contract? Even if it's in your defense, you still have to intervene. I think that is in the contract. That's got to be in the contract. Like, guys, even if it's about you. Even if it's, yeah. Security, just general security. General security. It's very strange because I feel like in that situation you'd say, like, thank you or what an asshole or Right, or Jesus small Christ. statue. Or, yeah, small uh, statue. Just a metal a parade. Perhaps slimming. Yes, perhaps these slimming. Are, these, these are, are your These jokes. are punchlines. Yes. These are your jokes. Yeah. I want people uh, to know. Yeah, I do. So you're going to do a joke about it. Yeah, so I've been telling that story on stage, looking for punchlines, and there's some, there's something there. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my stand-up is, I mean, the weird thing is, is so I started doing stand-up in '84, and really in 1990, I count the '80s as one year. Mm. Uh, so 1990, I moved here in like '96 or '97. I was very drunk. I can't remember. So Did you have a uh, booze problem. You you referenced yeah, yeah. booze three. Uh, uh, three four I'm times. constantly thinking about it. Are you uh, are you sober now? I am sober at this time. Yes. What happened? Oh, okay. Yes, uh, today, I want to be sensitive. To that that, that a, is the way that uh, that's an addict speak. Is, is yes. You don't go like I'm that's, sober, uh, right? Forever, Stamp you guys. The file. How good you am I? You are an alcoholic. I am an alcoholic, and actually. Right now, so, you're an alcoholic. Right now, and forevermore. Uh, <laughs> forevermore. If I decide to give up and get that tiki <laughs> tiki bar, d- yes, bruise, that um, well, we were dying in that restaurant. Uh, in yeah, that scenario, that's why I was wearing linen. If you ever see me wearing linen, it's my last day on earth. <laughs> I want you to wear a linen suit and go to the Avalon on Catalina Island. Ah, uh, very so, fun. I don't know why. So, what so. It, what it was, so in Madison, I mean, the That's times that college. I've been drunkest was in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, it's a really good... There, a, last time, I, excuse me. They do good work. When I was in Madison, Wisconsin last time, mm-hmm. it was kind of in between kind of notches of, uh, I don't want to say fame, but you know, like no, mm-hmm. no ability... Right, right. Because <laughs> that's a better word. Oh, oh. So your your career was on a plateau. Better. No, no, no. It oh, was, was that it a was height? Better. Okay. Like the first time I was there, mm-hmm. I love comedy club on state. Done it many times. Uh, I've the done first it time twice. I was there, it's really great. I got shit housed with with uh, Eve. With and the, yeah. What is the other daughter's name? Shit. Now we're just going to be jerks. Mm-hmm. Eve and Adam. Adam, mm-hmm. that's what it is. Her young lady. No, Adam. I for right, for right now I'm remembering Eve's name, but I I have it in my phone. I just I don't know what that is. I also it's have okay. it in my phone, and I'm sure their, their last name is and they're Comedy listening. Club on stage. And their and their dad. See, and their I knew dad. Their, I love I, their dad. I knew their dad in '84. I met him a couple of times. Really? '84. Yeah, he owns. I, yeah. Go ahead. He, he owns. owns he, he owns the building that burned down that the comedy cellar was in. Really? Yep. He's still mad at Bill Kennison. I I've <laughs> said this on the on the podcast many times, but I. Got so shit faced with them uh, that the next day I had radio and I was still drunk, and all I did was make fun of the dad and how everyone wants to have sex with his hot daughters. Right, right. And he loved it. Oh, there you go. Which was so great. That is great. Such a relief. Such a relief. It should have been like a bridge been. burning experience. Right, right. But I did like his his accent and stuff. He's Israeli or something. Greek. Greek. Yep. 
And uh, now he hates me. <laughs> he was fine you didn't with call the him first Turkish. thing. <laughs> You're fine. You're fine. But uh, I was so shit-faced in Madison, Wisconsin, and, and they all have pizza there with mac and cheese on it. And I was drunk in line, blacked out. Yeah. And I reached around over the glass because I'm 6'5". I'm yeah, Jack Reacher. You can do whatever so you I want. So I reach her around. Yeah. And I pick, up, I pick up a piece of pizza and start eating it. So years later, I'm there doing a small theater with Val. And after the show, we go to the same pizza place. I'm like, you got to get this pizza. Uh, <laughs> and pay for it this time. <laughs> no, no, I paid for it. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to eat it in the line. Right, you were just necessary to have a carb and something to, it's, oh, to absolutely. stop the booze. Yeah. And it's also just drunk logic. You're like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to buy it. Right. It's a grocery <laughs> store logic. Like, I'll eat a few grapes in a grocery store. Sure. So I'm just like, what's you the fucking difference? You shouldn't eat anything that they're weighing. Come on. Oh, that's you? true. You're out of your that's mind. That's true. Anyway, that's true. I'm not going to so, push I mean, you. The, and, and this time we go back, and the guy goes... Hey, Pete Holmes. And I'm like, always oh, nice to meet a fan. And he's like, you fucking came in here drunk three years ago and reached <laughs> over. Like, they remembered yep. what an asshole I was. Sometimes it's great not to be famous, man. <laughs> Sometimes it's, I had a meltdown at, a, at an airport once. Well, and you I push was, old people. Exactly. If, if that had been sobbing. John, if that had been Jim Belushi, I almost said John Belushi, it would have been on the TMZ. If it would have been John Belushi, it would have been on Ghost Channel. <laughs> You're fun. <laughs> You're fun. <laughs> Cut the pickle. Uh, get, get a, a tickle. tickle. <laughs> okay. It's good so times. you're you're a booze hound. <laughs> so I'm a booze hound, and I move. Um, How did that come to life? Here in '96. Oh, do you mind talking? A couple about? of DOIs. DOIs. DUIs. Driving over the end. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was influenced by it. Yeah. The, I mean, the crazy thing about that, that and, like and I've talked about it on podcast. Like, shouldn't it be over the influence? <laughs> if you're under the influence, under the limit. He's over the limit. He's over the influence. <laughs> Uh, yeah. You do an excellent sign. No, it was no good. All right. Uh, so you got a couple of DUIs in Wisconsin. I got one in Minnesota and one here. Oh, and, uh, yeah. And when did is, you start? How long? Uh, 98. 90, 90, oh, so it's yeah. been a very long time. A really long time. I got my second DUI two days ago, three days ago. Uh, just uh, September 30th, 1990. Uh, September 29th, 1998. Uh, I, Eddie, the bartender at the Improv. I know Eddie. Yes. By the way, can I interject? Yeah. Eddie is, is a the only, he's a delight. But I, I used to have a bit about him. I went up to him and I go, because I was hosting the show, mm-hmm. and I was like, can you just give me a double Jack Daniels? Like, just fill this cup with Jack Daniels, because I don't want to come back <laughs> oh, five <laughs> times. And he went, Phew. he went, Phew. he literally, <laughs> and I was like, Eddie. It's your job to sell booze. <laughs> like, I don't want judgment from you, but he got you tanked, no problem. Uh, no, no, there was judgment uh, because oh. I literally, that's how I would order drinks. I was like, I would like a low ball full of rumplements, which is 100, yeah, it's 180 proof, but it's peppermint schnapps. So I had a fresh breath. Oh my God. In a blackout drunk. Who doesn't want that? The freshest drunk. The freshest breath yeah. drunk. The sweetest uh, smelling home. Yes. So I had uh, nine doubles. Shots of rumblements and um, and eleven beers. Holy shit! And then valet brought my car and uh, nineteen eighty nine Mazda three two three hatchback. You guys three two three was also your blood alcohol <laughs> and uh, stick and uh, sure. And I go over Laurel Canyon and I guess I'm, you make it to Laurel Canyon. That's I quite make a ways. it over the hill. I oh mean, I'm se- I'm like eight blocks from my house. Oh. Weavy fucking Magoo, and the cop pulls me over. And he's like, and I had just gotten a DUI like a year. I you got, were the I got car. DUI in a, two years. I got two DUIs in two years, wow. which will be the wake up call, hopefully, that 
anybody listening, it might be a wake-up call, you guys. It might be something an alcoholic does. Right. But do whatever you need to do. Right. Uh, and, now you, and now there's Lyft. Anyway, so... Uh, <laughs> Imagine. It's true. If it's I were true. still drinking. But you, but, I'm assuming you've done some emotional unpacking. Do you have any yes. inkling as to why you were drinking so much? Uh, I think I have an allergy. You have the allergy. I have the allergy to That's alcohol. That's my favorite way to say, it's, uh, yeah, what you've happens, got the allergy. I've got the allergy. What happens is, is and they say this is, this is a medical fact. And when I went through uh, the police, you had to go to 11 weeks of... Hey, you're an idiot class every Sunday morning. And they're like, oh, by the way, you can't drive. And to get there, because your license ah, is suspended. <laughs> and, so you're uh, on a bike with a basket and a belt. Right. Or you're driving uh, and you're a middle aged white lady. And so nobody gives a shit. So, um, uh, and so. You mean you just risked it? You were yeah, like, no I one's going to pull me over. Right. It was five miles away. I don't, I, uh-huh. what am I going to learn the bus system now? Yeah. And so Take I. A brisk walk. <laughs> what am I not? <laughs> what I don't I, know. Yeah, you got it. So, uh, but it was like, like literally the. F- the first thing to go when you get drunk is your judgment. This is not a huge reveal. Everyone knows. It impairs uh, your judgment. Right. 30 years of doing stand-up comedy. How many times have I heard the, you know, it, you just you just pick whatever girl's in front of you, man, at, at bar time, and then you fuck her. Doesn't matter if she's fat or ugly because you, you're drunk and who cares? Right. That, uh, so you're, that, that bit has been done better, by the way. Let yeah. me just say that that's the premise. <laughs> so, yeah, whatever. but we've all heard that. And yeah. you're fucking the woman in front of you was driving home or whatever right. other bad behaviors. Right, right. And so... So, um, so a year and a half earlier, I had gotten a DUI in um, in or DWI, I think it was called in Minnesota. Driving and with influence while while intoxicated. That's it. And um, so, and the cop that pulled me over in Minneapolis was like, "Ma'am, have you been drinking?" And I said, "I am drunk." And he was like, "Wow, wish you hadn't said that." And I spent the night in the drug tank. And then a you year think and a half. You would like that. Well, he was, and then he actually in both cases the cops were incredibly nice to me because really? I look, I remind you of your sister, your aunt, your yeah. mom, and so he actually let me sit at, sit for like forty five minutes before he did the breathalyzer. Really, and the same one with this guy, the second one. The guy was like, because a year and a half later I had learned my lesson. He said, "Ma'am, have you been drinking?" And I said, "A lot, but I'm okay." And he was like, wow, could you Whoa. please step out of the vehicle? <laughs> wow. And then I, uh, he did the breathalyzer. And so I, allergy. Yeah. And any like anxiety, depression, family issues? No. I'm, I'm sure – I'm Just sure all of that, but like I, I normal feel very, amounts of that. Like yeah, I feel pretty amounts. lucky that I'm not um, more like damaged. I, yeah, I don't like, want to say damaged like it's a bad thing. I'm fairly damaged. Yeah, well, I think yeah, the my damage. I seem to be able to deal with it without meds. Mm. Like a lot of my friends are on antidepressants. They're, um, you know, I eat too much. I mean, that's one of my coping skills, and I'm like, uh, I'm gonna eat that. Mm. It turns out I, I eat a lot of chicken. I love chicken. You love chicken. Yeah. What's your style of chicken? A roast chicken. I don't like a fried chicken because uh, no, because no, it's uh, that's breading. King of the chickens. It's breading. I don't like breading very much. Huh. I like bread. I like chicken. I, uh, I have an amazing chicken recipe. If I want bread, I'll buy French bread. Exactly. At <laughs> I'll steal it from an old man. I will <laughs> knock a man down and take it. And, uh, <laughs> but you have a chicken vice now. Right. I, yeah, I have. Right. I, I've turned to, to other things. But like the feeling that you would get when you wanted to drink, or I'm assuming occasionally you're still yeah. tempted. Yeah, yeah. When I want to drink, mm-hmm. it's because I feel overwhelmed. And to me, it was, it's very... And it could be either way, overwhelmed, happy, or overwhelmed, sad. It's just life is so much. You're it's just like, like you know what would be great? A shot and a beer right now. Right. 
Because, kind of and one of the benefits, and I've said this many times, I'm actually doing, I don't know why I'm updating people, but I, I feel like I'm doing very well with, in mm-hmm. regards to drinking. If you respect it, you can, you can drink for the, your entire life. If you figure out how <laughs> like to. Like the ocean. Yes. You have to respect yes. its power. Wildlife. But and, there have been times in my life, while we've been doing the podcast, that I've been very open about where you're just kind of like, if you're drunk, there's a lot you can't do. And that's what I like about it. Yeah. I can't. I would sometimes get drunk it's no longer... before shows that I didn't want to do, and then right. I'd have to cancel. Uh-huh. So that's why I asked about anxiety. I'd be anxious right. about going into Manhattan to do a show. It wasn't driving a subway. But still, I was like, I don't want to. Right. And I didn't have the maturity or right. the boundaries to say, oh, I, I just have to cancel. Hammered. I would just be like, I'm, I got drunk by accident. I, I can't be I think that's what Andy Dick does. It's like a sick day. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. He, I had Andrew he, Penis on this podcast. I don't remember him saying he, Well, I think because he tries to, he tries so to get sober because he has, he, I mean, he's out in the world talking about how he's fucked up. For sure. But he can't seem to do it. And I think it's because there's, when you are sober, and I am, I spend every day, sadly, waking up. But here's the good news about being sober: waking up and remembering that you're sober, and it's something you have to maintain. Well, and no, like well, a bonsai tree that grows in your heart. <laughs> and I trim it, and I control it, and I twist it. No, the what? What I the what, tree in your heart is an ant. Let's be honest, you dork. It's, it's on nobody's side. And so, but the I great thing, it's because uh, it. Anyway, uh, Lord of, of the Shield. Rings. Lord of the Rings. So uh, you yes ended the end. Yeah. How dare you? So, you yes ended. I yes ended. Oh, oh boy. So that the the thing is, you wake up every morning with all of your emotions. Mm. So the joy is real and the happiness is real, but the 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 anxiety, the the fear that. What you see, like you look like from the outside, you look like you have your shit together, man. People love you. Are People, you talking about me? You, mm. Pete Holmes, mm. are beloved. I and, like to turn this turn. And, uh, <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so they, they, um, and so it looks like I you, have it together. You have it together, right? Or you look at some woman on the street, and she's very beautiful, and uh, her shoes match, and right. you're, and I, you're like, I don't feel like I have my shit together on the inside, and I'm comparing it to what you look like on the outside. On the outside, mm. and then so. If you do that every day of your life from when you were a baby, you have to learn how to deal with that when you're not medicating yourself. Because that's, that's what my drinking was. It was very much me going, I don't want to feel whatever. I don't want to feel inadequate. Mm-hmm. I, when, I, when I first moved to L.A. and I would drink, I would go to these parties and I have three questions. I'm still not good at it, right? Mm-hmm. I have small talk, right? Mm-hmm. And the small talk is this. So where are you from? What do you do for a living? And what are you reading? Those are the three questions. I love your third question. (laughs) Well. I love that It opens it up, right? I hear that. And so what do you like to read if you only read magazines? People who say, I don't read, they are lying because because they read read magazines, they read the internet, they read, you know, if it's porn, they're reading something. Right, right, right. I read the tattoo on the small of a woman's back. (laughs) It said, angel slut. (laughs) (laughs) Insert A. (laughs) Tab A. So, but the, uh, the, the... But the weird thing is, is so I distinctly, vaguely, because I was very drunk by this time, remember talking to some woman, and I think she worked at NBC. Like, it was like a work yeah, thing yeah. that would have helped me. Right. But I've I done got, that. I've licked bookers. You know what I mean? Yeah. I get bored. Yeah. 
I get bored with myself. Yeah. It isn't what I, I mean. The thing is, is I'm so bored that I that I'm like I don't have it in me to pull your personality out of you. Uh, I want you either to entertain me or to me entertain you, mm-hmm. right? And so to learn That's how to be a there. person. To just be, to just yes. surrender, and just, I still every Let time Val and I go to a party, I go. My goal for this party is to have interactions where I'm not trying to get something or give something. Just be there. Yeah. Just fucking. It's so hard for me though. I feel. I like, want to tell a story, but yeah. also be willing to hear a story. Hear a story, and also just kind of observe the chips that we're eating, or whatever right. it might be, or, or be okay with a lull, or whatever it might be. These are the games that I'm playing. I relate to what you're saying. Right, because it's, it's, it's just hard to be in the moment. And so I remember talking to this woman. I did the three questions. She had no follow-up questions. Mm. She, there, was, there was a lull, and I couldn't take it. Yeah. And so I said, now you got a choice. I can either uh, do my act at you, or I can uh, go get another drink. Right. And she was like, do your act. It was like it was literally she said that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, literally. I mean, what was she, what else was she gonna say? That's hilarious. It was it was pretty funny. So I, was I would like, have said, "Let me top you off. <laughs> <laughs> Take a lap. Yeah. Get out, Cation. I don't think but, you know the burden I'm putting on you as the sole audience member of this routine. <laughs> Here's the bits I'm working on because that's all I'm thinking about anyway. To some extent, is that true? Right? You're it's, you're up in your head a lot. I'm up about in bits. my head just thinking about bits. So uh, well, I that might got be... a massage today, and literally, I was just thinking they're going. I wonder how that would go. And mm. I was like, because during a massage, what I try to think is I'm releasing all anger. I'm mm. releasing all fear. I'm releasing all grief. I'm releasing all responsibility for this 20 minute mm. mole massage that mm-hmm, I got today mm-hmm. from the Chinese. But then your, your, your mind uh, wanders away from that. Right. It wanders away. And then it always wanders to stand up comedy, which makes me laugh. Well, that's great. Yeah. I mean, I, it's also, it sounds like a dungeon, but it, it sounds like a very nice dungeon. It's the dungeon. And it's one I, of the reasons you're so fucking funny. Well, and I think that it's a common stand-up thing. I, it's so funny. For In the 90s, there was a big premise that a bunch of comics were doing, which was... Um, there were 90s? In the 1990s. I'm just there was a There was a lot of dudes were, were... This was the premise. Women are always asking us what we're thinking about. Stop asking us what we're thinking about. We're not thinking about anything. If I want you to know what I'm thinking about, I'll just tell you. Right. And so I never asked my husband what he was thinking about. I choked my penis go inside my body. You're just like, well, it was a, it's a dumb premise, but it's fine. But because of that, and because I learn everything from stand-up comedy, it's literally, I learn how to be a wife, a person, <laughs> a daughter, a friend. Really? I have learned everything from stand-up comedy. It isn't okay. I had to leave stand-up comedy. You're like the child raised by television. I was, was just exa- stand-up. <laughs> Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I am the child raised by stand-up comedy. You're going to be giving a eulogy like, how y'all doing tonight? I was the youngest 19-year-old in the world who started doing stand-up comedy. I could not have been younger. I, I, what do you mean? Like, just I you weren't developed? Didn't get, I didn't get any jokes. I had never seen stand-up comedy. I had only seen Make Me Laugh. I, and I saw... Uh, I, and I watched Make Me Laugh because Gallagher was on The Tonight Show and I, with Johnny Carson. Mm-hmm. And I remember being angry. Because he was standing in front of a giant couch, and all I could think was, a giant couch is always going to be funny. That's not fair. And uh, now I know that there's nothing wrong with a giant couch. If it's funny, uh, fucking own your couch. You mean Gallagher did his act in front of a giant couch on Carson? Yes. They'd let him bring a couch? It was a giant couch. Did the couch have a green room? And then he uh, he gave away money so that he could write it off. He clearly had some issues with the tax people because he wanted to write off the couch and he wanted to write off the money that he gave to the audience. 
You'd think a man who smashes watermelons would be better with his finances. <laughs> he wastes food. How? Uh, so we have a lot of things going. We have alcoholism. We have you starting stand up and being raised by stand up. But we also have the overarching idea that you are the one of the few that I know that's worked the road and worked it in your favor. You know, it's funny because Kilgariff uh, occasionally says, "Are you still working the road?" Or Mary Lynn Rice Cub. When they were the girls' guitar group in the in like ninety eight or ninety nine, they were fascinated that I did the road. Mm. Because when I moved I was oh, I was gonna tell you this about it. Oh, was it two hours ago? Is I was gonna tell you <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna tell you the story about because when I moved to Los Angeles, it was in the beginning of, of the burgeoning what was called the alt comedy scene. Mm-hmm. And Largo was 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 blowing up. Old Largo. Old Largo with uh, um Di Donato, right? And uh, when I moved here, Josh DiDonato uh, started it. And um, and it was uh, Janine Garofalo and P.F. Paul F. Tompkins and, and Mary Lynn and Kilgariff and, and all these people. And I I was lucky because my stand-up I, – I used to have road guys say to me, how do you, uh, who lived here, how do I get on those – because they're cool kids. You know, it's a cool kid show, right? right? Mm-hmm. How do I get on the cool kid show? I want to do that cool show, but they won't do it because they think I'm a road comic and I want to do jokes, but they don't want to hear jokes. Is that what alt is? They don't want to hear the material? And I said, here's what I recommend. <laughs> I told KP Anderson this. I said, here, as far as I can tell, this is how they, the gatekeepers, are defining alt comedy. You tell the story of how you came up with the joke, and then you tell the punchline. <laughs> and the crazy thing is, is that is how I've always done stand-up. Mm. So I was that. An alt person. Yeah. So it so the alt thing came up while I happened to exist. That's how I do stand-up comedy. Mm. I tell a story and then I tell the punchline right, of right, the story. Right, right. Which is true. You just want to disguise – you don't want to do it so plainly or bald, right. baldly. And, and then – and then what happens, like, because every new bit of mine starts out as a six-minute bit and then ends up as a two, two minutes and 50 seconds, unfortunately. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, but over the course of that four to 18 months that it takes me to write that bit, uh, I, there's always one punchline, but then I try to pepper punchlines through it, mm-hmm. through, the sto- through the bit, through the story. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. And then it becomes more of a stand-up comedy experience because there's laughs throughout the bit. So, but when you were starting and you're going on the road, do you remember yeah. some of those early road gigs? I mean, it's a hard nut to crack. Mm-hmm. And to some of our friends listening uh, that might be going on the road for the first time, I mean, you're playing a, a very diverse group. Mm-hmm. They're not there to see you. You're a lady. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is a, a handicap. Especially, it was an issue. Yeah, coming up. Uh, it's uh, a different time. I'd like to think we live in a different time with more, you know, you open with, you work with Maria. And yeah. We were talking about Natasha and Nikki Glazer and all these amazing. Yeah, there's plenty of, there's a lot more women comics now and, and a lot more recognition. Like there's 92 women on that list. I mean, that, that's the comic of the week for Jackie and Laurie. Oh, you only do we, ladies. Yeah, we only pick women. And we try to pick women who... I have a good roast joke. That's a good way to pick on discovered comedians. <laughs> exactly. Burn. Burn. Burn gender. And, right, exactly. But it's, I'm teasing. No, no. And But the thing is, is it's both funny and true because... It's a little bit true and sad. Yeah, because... But the, and that's fine. It's uh, The thing about comedy is that it is both a meritocracy and not a meritocracy. Right. So... When I started doing stand-up and when Kilmartin started and, and, and the women who came before us, you didn't want to be a woman comic. You were like, no, I'm not a woman comic. I'm a comic. Right. And 
they would always go, yeah, but you're a woman. And, uh, and then you would have to, and the hilarity of that, you know, the hilarity of just, I mean, first of all, comics are nine years old anyway, and nine-year-old boys are gross. Mm-hmm. So to hang out with nine-year-old boys for 15 years, you get pretty inured to every poop and pee and anal rape joke that you've ever heard in your life. Mm-hmm. So the road was fine. It's a learned skill, right? So that's what I was doing because I, I was always a bit of a storyteller and I was never a set-up punch kind of you know monologue comic that I would go on the road and I would tell the story, I'd tell the joke, I'd tell the story, I'd tell the punchline, so I'd tell the story with punchlines in it. And that's how it was from the get-go. From night, from I started the, to work in the road, I think, regular in 92. Which is funny, like when you are, like I was just in a situation where I was uh, with a group of people that I knew and they were like, would you like to do some stand-up? And it's not a natural fit because mm-hmm. you're performing for people you know. And then the way that you can couch it and take some of the edge off is you go, okay, I'll tell a story. Yes. And it is a routine. You, yep. you, you saw me do it last night, the story of how I got engaged. Yes. But it's easier to go, I'm not doing stand-up. I'm going to tell you a story. Anyone will listen to a story. Yes. Even if it is a woman. Yep. Even if it is maybe Anything. not what they were expecting. Okay, I'll listen to the story. So you kind of found that vehicle to hide and deliver your stand-up within Right. Early on. Wendy Liebman does joke jokes. Like she does set up punch, set up punch, set up punch. There's, and I think, and she probably doesn't acknowledge this or she probably can't, in in my opinion, judging without enough information, which is a real go-to with me. (laughs) uh, I, uh, (laughs) I, this is what I think Wendy Liebman. Because personally, I think Wendy Liebman could be on television 365 days a a, a year, doing four-and-a-half-minute sets on late-night television, a different four-and-a-half minutes. Are you saying you love Wendy Liebman? I love Wendy Liebman. I love Wendy Liebman. She has enough material to do that. She has enough material. That's that's the the fact that she has never been on Letterman Hmm. is insane. Never will be. And never will be, right? And um, Unless Netflix... And alas, and uh, we could we could hologram her in anyway. So, but the thing is, it's it's like it's a it's a thing where set up punch comics who are essentially made for that late night or traditionally have been made for that late night spot. Right, right, right. right. I think she suffered the slings and arrows of being a woman in that situation more than. I mean, I I I didn't think I ever had a chance. Yeah, because my storytelling style. Nobody, whenever I would talk to, you know, uh, Leno or any of those, the people booking that, they're like, yeah, your stuff isn't tight enough. And mm. I'm like, well, thanks for playing. <laughs> and so I never had a problem with it. I was just like, because, you know, with, with, I mean, all stand-up comedy is is rejection until it isn't, mm. right? <laughs> like you just reject, reject. Oh, it worked. Right. It's like skateboarding. And, yeah. Yes. You either can't land a trick or you land every trick. That's it. That's it. Or, or hit and miss and it, you just keep going. Right. Right? You just keep skating. Yeah. So, um, but with but with my situation, I don't think that I had um, the sexism. I didn't notice it as much because it was also nobody was psyched about my brand of stand-up comedy. Hmm. You know, they were just – I'm not. they weren't not psyched. They, I still got work. But um, – but like Karen Gronkowski and Wendy Liebman and and more set up punch comics, I always it burned my chaps that they didn't get the late night sets. Gronkowski mm. did get to do a lot of it, but um, the uh, but the thing because they're so perfect for it, it's just a waste. It's just a waste. Right. 
That's, I mean, and you think that was lady, lady factors? I think that's definitely lady factor there, yeah. just because you would get, you know, you get a lot of dudes, and that's what they were doing, right? And I don't know anyone who doesn't think Wendy Lehman isn't funny, right? You know, or Karen Rontowski. So it, you would think, well, then what? What is the? What is the? What is the other ingredient that is making this not happen? Mm. Well, I don't know, and 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 the number of times. Old dude comics would say to me, you know, just people don't like watching women on stage. It's just hard. Mm. It's just hard to listen to them uh, talk at them. And you're like, you said that out loud, you fuck. That's an inside your head voice. And, uh, you know, and they're going to have to because I am a woman and will continue to get on stage. Right. You do have, uh, and I, please keep in mind earlier I referenced, I I didn't. I was talking to somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that I, I, I consider myself a somewhat feminine man. I like talking, for example. Oh, right. I like gossiping. So when we're talking about feminine, masculine, not genders, you right. have a wonderful masculine quality right. on stage. Right now, I'm not necessarily feeling it, except in the good conversation. Like, yeah. But on stage, you can dominate in a way that reminds me of a masculine energy. Right, right. Not a male energy, just like there's that. We all have both both sides. And, and I, I don't ever, I never took that as, 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 cause people have said it. They're like, right. You know, I mean, there, there's impolite ways of putting it that have been put. What do and, you mean? uh, you're a fucking dyke. Right. Uh, that's less positive. <laughs> oh, I didn't know you meant sexual. <laughs> yeah. No, you have that yeah. bit about, uh, when you say my husband and you go, always a surprise, which always is so a surprise. funny. It is funny, but it, it is interesting. People take that Abundance of what I would just consider ma- decisive, quick. I didn't, not quick like women are slow. <laughs> I'm just saying like there's a certain there's charge that you take yes. that is that type of energy. And then people go, well, she must love women. <laughs> right. She must be looking for something softer to right. squish. Exactly. You're like, because no, she's so going to need that giant hard dude. Uh, yeah, in, the, in the A slot. In the, yes. <laughs> um I wonder if that helped, though. A lot of lesbians, or in this case, it's not a sexual thing. Oh, I thing, think it helped. But I... a lot of women that can favor, like, you mentioned Letterman. I think Ellen is very much like Letterman. You know what I mean? When I look at her, I don't yeah. go, she reminds me of this other female comedian. I go, she reminds me of Letterman. Yeah, her stand-up is, is more like Letterman. Cameron or... Esposito, the first time I saw her, reminded me of TJ, like a, a, a Miller. That's Miller, the sort okay. of like Chicago interactive mm-hmm. style. So sometimes I feel like the lesbian comedians uh, benefit from having a more male flavor because men are idiots and they go like, how can the alpha uh, of the pack be a woman? Right. I, I am not comfortable giving the reins to a woman. Right. So a to more masculine watch, woman. Which is why they wouldn't book more than one woman on a show, too. Is They of were course. just like, you can't you possibly. Crazy? Why? Then you'd have to watch two of them. <laughs> this is supposed to be this is supposed to be a unique thing that we're giving an opportunity. Same to. with uh, you couldn't have two Mexicans or two black or two black or, people. Or it, it, it's. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing is, is we think the audience is 15 to 33 year old white guys. That's what, that's right. what they were pretending in their heads, and that's what they saw. And you're like, well, can I please go up anyway? And <laughs> <laughs> that defines that my is, career. <laughs> that is the name of your book. Well, can I please go up anyway? Women in stand-up comedy. That is a great title. That's not a, a great, bad title. And a great line. <laughs> well, <laughs> can, I can I please, please go, go up, up anyway? Like I heard what you said. Yes. 
But please, <laughs> can I go up? Yes. You're just like, I, I still need to. It's like, it, you know, when you, when you look back, I was, I've, I've always been a feminist, but I've never thought of myself as, as a, a my feminism in the 90s and in the early 2000s, before it became imperative, and it has been imperative, it, I, it should have been imperative for the last 40 years, but mm. uh, before it became imperative to me, Isn't I that always... not weird? It, was op- it used to be optional. It felt optional. I'm feminist. Oh, I collect rocks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a stamp collector. Exactly. That's so the same sort of thing. Yeah. It, so, but it, it's just a quirky thing about me. <laughs> right. I was, I was more of a living example of feminism, right? Where I would just be like, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm just going to work twice as hard as the dudes. Right. And for half the pay. For half the pay and half the work, yeah, right? And yeah. not get – because the biggest problem – here's here's what the – the with stand-up, this happens and it still happens to some extent, I think. It's still out there is that um, when I say it's a meritocracy but it isn't, um, you can as a woman comic get MC and feature work kind of easy if you're in the scene. And, and, and you're competent. Like, chances are the headliner is going to be a white male, right? Or a male. So and they want to mix it up. So you'll mix it up, right? And you're the you're the strawberry and the Neapolitan ice cream, right? And they want um, the biggest problem is making that leap in an A room from, from feature to headliner, feature to he- middle to yeah. headliner, yeah. middle yeah, middle to close. I don't and, know how I bring people in. Three person show, MC, middle, right. headliner. Like one of my favorite interactions. Headliner's making like. Five times what the if not yeah more. if they're paying the MC and the and the and right. the well each. you're making a lot more than the MC I was going to say yeah. you're probably oh, making five times more than the feature maybe three I don't know three yeah times more, more like yeah usually like two or three two or three yeah because I I think like MCs right now are getting I think it's like 150 for a weekend or 200 and middle is like 300 300 to six three to six and then headline is nine to, to 2300 23 yeah like well 12 in like. Is twelve's pretty standard, right? Let's just play that audio back of me guessing numbers just wrong. <laughs> right. Twenty not no, and, it's twenty-three. <laughs> and, well, and the weird thing is, is I'm a, also a huge fan of transparency. Because I love that show. there's a <laughs> Jeffrey Tambor. What a delight. <laughs> well, because co- there's no union. Comics don't know. You don't know what you're supposed to make. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like yeah. you just put those numbers out there. I put those numbers out there because they like, should be like yeah. what what Maria makes or what you make or what I make. It's a secret. Is is always a secret, and it only benefits the club owner. Right. It only benefits the booker. Oh, absolutely. Right. And but the thing is, is whatever you know. Your dad would know that. Might and you my, can't tell the guy you're selling what the last guy paid. Right. You go. The last guy paid that, and he was fine with it. Mm-hmm. And in the club case, maybe they're like, let's see if we can go five hundred lower. The twelve minute bit about my dad. It starts with my father's advice. The first advice my father ever gave me, because I went to him and I said, "Hey, I turned down this gig," and my dad goes, "You just turned it down." And I was like, "Yeah, I didn't want to do it." And he goes. You don't just turn down. What was the first thing I taught you? And I jokingly said, pick up other people's change. And he was like, he got angry. And I was like, I was kidding. And then he said, no, my first advice to you was never say no without a number. And I was like, that does sound familiar. That's in Leading with My Chin, the Jay Leno book. Oh, is that? He he received the advice. 
never say no, just ask for more money than you know they'll want to give you. Right. Is well, that my, what your dad was saying? Yeah, my father yeah, my father is full of alliteration. Uh, so and he said, You don't say no, you say I'd love to number. Like he you, kept it in the ends. Yeah, you gotta keep the ends. Keep it He's in like, the ends. You don't say I don't want to do it, you say the I'd love zone. to do it. I'm gonna need eleven thousand dollars. Right. Pick three th- three times whatever yes. the largest amount of money you've ever made. Right. And then they say, Well oh my gosh, we don't have that. And then you say, Well, thank you so much for thinking of me. Keep me in mind if your budget goes up, but know that my prices are always rising. <laughs> so that you could, and that prices are always rising thing is the cherry on the on the thing because you're like, I still got to turn it down next time because I still don't want to, and yeah. I don't, I still don't want to do it. Right, whatever you don't want to do, pick a giant. He's like, but make sure you pick a big enough number, otherwise you're stuck doing it. Right, and, right. And well, I called and it's him. It's also I, a better yeah. story. It's like, wow, Jackie Cation's making eleven grand for yes. five minutes. And so I picked. This is probably three or four years ago, and I call him up, and I was like, I didn't pick a big enough number, Dad. Uh, and he goes, What'd you pick? And I said three grand and he goes everyone has three grand Jackie. and i said well i'm gonna have three grand in february in montana so <laughs> doing, doing a weird judy carter bit and i've never met her <laughs> so <laughs> um it's weird y- yes where well, that wasn't the story we were that's not no, what that we wasn't were talking about. what we were talking about was uh was was women and comedy and right and and the money thing the reason for the transparency is also because one of my favorite stories that came out in, t- I think it was today's Jackie and Laurie story, is, is that there's a new club. There's a new club in town, you guys. There's a new club in the, in the country. Mm-hmm. And the guy emailed me and asked me if I would do the, do the gig. He would not tell me how much you paid. So I called a couple of guys on his calendar. And I was like, what are you making? Mm-hmm. And, um, there, and I said, I obviously won't tell him. That you told me. Yeah, you squealed. The, the, yeah, everybody's a narc. <laughs> and, uh, and, and if, if that person is more famous than me, I don't expect to make as much money. Right, right. right? If you've got better credits than me, or if you're some sort of amazing producer and can fill the room, right. or if you're a YouTube genius, right. uh, I don't expect to, to make the same amount of money Doug Benson would make or, or get, Stanhope, whatever. Right. Um, I do want to know what the possibilities are. So if you're willing to tell me all how much duds. you make, yeah, all the duds, <laughs> just tell me, tell me what you're making and then I'll cut that in thirds. Of right? course. Yeah. Uh, this is what I've done. Uh, Kumail is now going to be huge, but for most of my career, yeah. I've always called Kumail. Kumail, what did you get when you did that? Class? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause that's, I mean, it's, and the people that don't do that need to hear us talk about that. Right. Because. We're all we have of each other, you know? Right. Like, think about the whoever booked Spicer on the Emmys. Right. I would hate to be a booker because you're like, oh, that guy will fill the room. That guy's going to get ratings. Right. But then you have to work with it's Spicer. Like the people that did OJ's book. Right. You're like, <laughs> Bill Cosby's next album, is, hopefully, is going to be in studio. Like, nobody's going to book him in a theater. <laughs> Right, it's not gonna. He's not gonna fill a theater. Zippity dip. And uh, but you know he's still writing. I know he's still writing jokes. I think about it at least once a month. Bill Cosby's uh, material because I've seen Bill Cosby twice. I saw him probably eight years ago and six years ago, Mm. and both times I was fascinated. What do you mean? Because of because he's a great comic, right? The first time I saw him, I was like, oh, he's not the Lord. I was so psyched to find out that he was just a really good comic 45 years later. Mm. That because it was you saw him like repeating material? Or well, what? I've never heard his albums. I've, I've only heard a couple of the bits from when I was a kid. We never listened to uh, comedy when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. We listened to um, 
motivational speakers. Uh, my is that dad, true? Yeah, Zig Ziglar. My father loves a, a motivational speaker, and he's <laughs> like, "Your dad You're funny." Is the guy from the the founder? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> He's a lot like radiation. So what brought Cosby off the pedestal before he really fell off the pedestal? Oh, he was he was never just... on a pedestal. Um, I got taken to the to the first show by Andy as a birthday gift. I was like, we're going to go see a stand-up as a birthday gift. And, uh, uh... and uh, so we go see Cosby. Cosby did an hour and a half. He brought a kid on stage, made fun of how fat he was <laughs> for like 20 minutes. Yeah, but was he? He was a fat kid. I'm just kid. kidding. And the I'm moms, kidding. He brought a fat I would have kid killed myself. And he I would not have kids. killed myself. I would he have He brought his mom sad. on stage. Suicide's not funny. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, backpedal, backpedal. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but he brought the kid on stage. He brought the kid's mom on stage. Was she heavy? No. But she, she almost punched him. I thought she was going to push him like an old man. Ah. And, uh, but she did not. Does she know the pushes on the car? The, the pushes, it's, on the, it's, it's option. How, what was the and kid doing when Cosby was making fun of this? this he was real, uncomfortably real... trying to explain why he didn't exercise. That's what Cosby was like. So what, like one of the lines that Cosby said to the kid, he was like, so what do you do? What, what kind of exercise do you do? What kind of things do you play? And he goes, well, I play a lot of Xbox. He's like, no. The kid was like 11. Right, and he goes, no. Uh, for example, if I come over to your house, I'm 11. We're friends. What do we do? And he goes, well, I have a PlayStation Two and I have a Wii, and we would play games. He was like, do you own a ball? Do you have a scooter or a skateboard? Is it killing? No. The audience is just staring at him with their mouths open, going, "Why is this guy bullying this little fuck?" And uh, <laughs> they're also mean to the kid, right? Why is this horrible bully? <laughs> Teasing this fatty fat fat. Hey, that leave exactly. that butterball alone. I'm not even. You are nailing it because uh. <laughs> the audience were assholes as well. <laughs> and he, and then he brings her his mom up, and his mom is like, "Leave my fucking kid alone." And we paid for this, right? Right. And then he gets out of it. He gives the kid a free T-shirt, probably an XL. Uh, but it was just like some horrible. But it was it was horrible. It was genuinely. Uh, Andy said he was watching me watch Cosby mm. eight years ago, and mm. I was like, "What is happening wow. on the stage here?" And then I was fascinated to watch him because he essentially dug himself a hole, jumped into it, started eating dirt. And then uh, was carried off by the hands of zombies from the earth because he literally <laughs> destroyed. <style. laughs> yes, Whoa. he destroyed. And it was you were like, how did he do it? Well, he did it because he's been doing stand up for forty five years. So he fascinates me as a comic because I'm just like, I wonder if he does he that do? on purpose. I know guys that have been doing. I've sometimes been this person yeah. that will try and lose the audience just for the thrill of getting them. Back. I hate. I fucking hate it. I hate if I saw Andy Andy Kaufman. Yeah. In seven, I would have walked out. Yeah, no, you know, I'm not a fan of that level. I, I, and when I watched I, Man on the Moon, I was like, make them laugh. <laughs> like, I got really mad. It. I was very That's practical. It. That's, I mean, that is, that is exactly my theory. Yeah. Right? And, but the weird thing is, is I, but I, but I know, like, to do it purposefully, I think is an asshole move or an artistic choice that I am not into. I would never do it for a long time, but right. I would sometimes do a – here's a good example. I'll do a new joke yes. that I know isn't going to work. But it's got to be tried. Ju- yeah, that's also true. <laughs> but it's also just for that, oh, it just got three degrees colder in here. Now it's more fun to try and get them. <laughs> like, it's just a way to keep myself awake on a long road trip. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know? Some people watch turtles eating strawberries. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> at <that> work. <laughs> no, I don't know. But uh, the, the weird thing is, is, like, I get mad at the audience. Like, that's, that, that's the closest I come to it, is if I get mad. Mm. And then I'm like, fine, jerkweeds, I'm going to do my abortion joke or whatever. Oh, I see. Like, I'll turn on them. Oh, I did that recently. I was at the cellar, and they were offended by everybody. Yes. This isn't Madison. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> they were mad at everybody, so I opened with, what is my edgiest material? Yes. Which isn't that edgy, but it was because I knew, I told the joke, they didn't laugh, mm-hmm. I told it again. Yes. Because Fuck you, Fuck you, you people. Idiots. Yes, and that's and, and sometimes they like it when you're rough. Like yes, I'm I'm doing it for me, and also sometimes you're hoping to get you're waking them up. To some that's extent. what I'm saying. It's like I'm here too, and I will and not maybe, have this. Right, and maybe that's what Andy Kaufman was doing. Maybe he's like, we I gotta know. wake these people up. Maybe, and you're like, I don't like how you do it. It's yeah, not yeah, yeah. for different me. Styles, that's all. It's, that's strokes, all it is. Different folks. Mm-hmm. So uh, I feel like we. Tied up most of those loose ends. There's a couple so. things we need to talk about. Oh, yeah. Boobs? Um, boo- I actually wrote down booze. Oh, Is boobs. that what you're seeing? Yeah, that's what I'm seeing. I wrote down Glazer. You were on the weirdest live podcast of this show ever. Yes. Remember that? That was, it was it, me, you, Eric Andre, John Glazer. Anyone else? I feel like there was one more person who was probably shell shocked. Yeah. There was like was five of us outside, outside lands. Yeah, outside lands. Um, it I was. Went, you know what makes that story even better is I was really feeling just kind of like. Very, very confident. I was like, yeah, you- I love these. These are easy. Oh, it's just like a victory lap. Yep. All the fans. Here we go. I'm doing a live one, a live Dork Forest at PodFest, uh-huh. LA PodFest this weekend. And it's with uh, Kelly Carlin, Moon Zappa, and Lorraine Newman. Oh, wow. And I don't know what that's going to be. Yeah. Because I don't. Now I, I know. That's when I learned. You need to, you know, it could go one of many ways. It could go it's one of many ways. It's a 12 sided die. It's uh, exactly. And that day it landed on double, double death. It was weird. Yeah. It I, was... For those of that haven't heard this episode, I just, I, I, I've told the story. I just want to hear your perspective. I asked John Glazer, it, it, who's great, by the way, mm-hmm. and I think he's hilarious. Yeah, he's a great comic. I, I, I don't think we have any ill will. I want to be very clear about that. This was years ago. But I put my foot in, in my butt. And I said, it came down t- between you and me for the E-Trade baby. Yes. And he had just had a real baby. And I think that's why he was feeling extra kind of sensitive about it. And probably like, had had no sleep. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had a newborn at home. And he just does his podcast because his manager's like, yeah, you should do it. And then I'm kind of like. Needling him. Which is what he probably thought. When you were just. I, you were just. Well, was, I've said many times. Thing, right? I go. I had it on the paper dueling babies. I was like, how did you do it? That's oh. how I did it. Let's, oh, you were kind of hoping to see how he did the read? Like just kind of joke yeah. about like what that experience was like for. Because it was months and months of auditioning. Right. So we had both been through something unique. Yeah. And I wanted to just talk about it. Unfortunately. That sounds like more work. And than... understandably, it came yes, it came off as I got the job and you didn't. And, yes. And that was not my intent. And, and it, it led into a 25-minute awkward, you trying to backpedal, and I then was, you re- recommitting, and then yeah, you backpedal. I was and apologizing. You, you and, apologized, and then you would do like this weird end around and slap him on the back of the head. Just kind of kidding. Did I? Yeah, just I think you were I just don't even trying, remember. Like, I blocked it out of my you're memory. You're like, we're just riffing, man. Yeah, I mean, because yeah, yeah. you you would sincerely apologize. Yeah. 
And then because it was like a gr- was so podcasts intense. are very much like a green room yeah. where there's sort of a ball busting kind of thing that happens. Right, right, right. You're like, no, I'm seriously sorry. And I got that money. Yeah, and, I, you know, I did not say I got that money. No, but, but that's what he heard. Okay, okay. Because it kept, it would escalate, it would de-escalate and escalate. I do and remember that. I remember it looking at so it. You could weird. have looked at it on like a seismic chart. It kept yes. coming back, going away. He would, oh, you know, he would do it too because and I remember him being well. like, uh, no, I, I sincerely accept your apology. <laughs> I, I regret doing this podcast. And you were up there. And Me Eric and Eric Andre, Andre yeah. were like the children of divorcing parents. Yeah. Where we were trying to like, shiny object. Yeah. You guys, we are up here too. Woo! And uh, trying to change it. And then. Oh, oh Brett Gelman. Brett Gelman. Brett Gelman was the other one. Because he I was remember fanning the flames, if I remember. Something else happened that took the attention off of the E-Trade scandal. Eric At Andre the last twenty minutes, Eric Andre and you got into it. Something. It wasn't me. I think it was Glazer and Eric. Okay. Got into a debate because and I remember afterwards <laughs> I went over to Glazer and was just off mic, being like, I, "I want you to know, I'm really sorry." Yes. And he was actually kind of over it and, and was still talking about the other. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I remember afterwards me thinking. Is every episode of this so super awkward? Is that what, does he, is that what he's to supposed to do to try to make it weird? It is. On it, like sometimes when that happens, people go, "I get it. You're you're making it weird." Yes, and I'm like, "No, no, no. That's actually making it awkward." Yeah, I just want to talk about weird. Things. I want to talk about weird things. <laughs> Not yes. make everybody feel horrible. Yeah, that's so, not the option. I'm not only option. sorry to John, I'm sorry to you. <laughs> that's that's why I wanted to have you on, just to apologize. Well, that's that. it. I was like, uh, he's never going to have just the one-on-one where we make it weird for, for hours. Uh, it's been years. It has been but years. But I wanted to have you on. Outside years. Lands. That was a, it was a... At least five years. It was in that crazy circus tent. Yeah, I saw Metallica the night before. It's not an excuse, but I was very hungover. I'll tell you something about about music festivals and mm. stand up comedy. Mm. And I'm not crazy hit and about miss. it. It's hit very and miss. hit and miss. That but room do... where we did the Outside Lands thing, I did stand up there as well. I saw that set. That was, was just... outstanding. Oh, really? I was going to say, thank you. <laughs> that was an Outside Lands outstanding moment. I, it was the first time I ever saw you do more than like ten or twelve. Uh huh. And it was a, it was gorgeous. Your stand up really? comedy is actually really beautiful to watch. I know you're sitting right here. I like, but where let this me just ex- <laughs> I do have all day. It turns out it's a, it's a Maria Bamford line. Anyway, but um, the uh, um, but the the it's so because your your stand up is super organic mm. in the way that you're like, is he? Is this how it, it's kind of like watching Pardo sometimes where. You try to exp- if Pardo tries to explain to somebody that his act is actually road is actually crowd work, right? But it's the same the same topics, the right. same you know. The, right. Sometimes the punchlines are slightly different, but that's it. Manufactured spontaneity, right? Yeah. And yours is is a storytelling kind of uh, it. It's when it's good. Sometimes I can't find that pocket. Oh, but it's a hell night, of a pocket, at, though, At the man. improv, I, I felt you, like it. You had it. I was in it again. Yeah, you were in a good spot right there. And I need, I realize I, I need the energy to be happy. Yeah. I said that to Val because we're editing the show now and I just have a little bit more RAM drive. Yeah, okay. And I got nervous and I was like, oh, good. <laughs> I was up in the green room and I was actually like, yeah. like felt butterflies. Oh, there you and go. And I was so happy. Not really about the show, just about life. Yeah. And also the show. But I was kind of like... Well, because you had a commitment because she works for that, that, yeah, that sure. organization. That didn't really hurt. But what it was was I, I haven't 
lately had the energy to be nervous. Yeah. And nervousness helps me get in that pocket where I'm like, and I'm going to riff and I'm going to play because yeah. I need the show. Mm-hmm. The problem, sometimes I feel like the problem can be like too many basic needs are met or I'm not feeling the deficit or required the, to really go for or it. Or just exhaustion. Or just exhaustion. Say. Have you heard? I'm noticing I'm a little bit better on less sleep. Oh, yeah. Like I've been sleeping less. Oh, interesting. And I'm kind of like, and it makes me, I feel The more, punchy? It, it makes me feel a little punchy and a little bit. I need oh. something. I need the salve. I like salve. to have a good 12, 13 hours of sleep. I love it. I love your I line just, about I don't want to, we're not having children, we're going to sleep in the rest of our lives. Oh, yes, yes. It's lovely. Great line. It's, um, have you heard Ron Funch's bit about how uh, making comics act is a trick? Because you go your whole career trying to figure out a way just how to work off and on during the day for a couple of hours. Mm. And then all of a sudden they're like, be on the show and work 14 to 16 hours a day. Yeah. He's like, somebody tricked me into working for a living. And, that goes uh, back to what I was saying. Like you need, and I bet Ron, yeah. when he's shooting a show, needs to laugh at the end of the day. That's it. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> and I, I talked to Kilmartin about, because uh, one of my favorite things about that Kilmartin ever said was, um, because she does stand up like four times a week. And she writes on Conan. Mm. She has a son. Her elderly mother just moved in with her a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. She has so much on her plate. And somebody asked her um, why she does stand-up three or four times, how she can even have the energy to do it. And she was like, it's literally the only time I have for me. Mm. So I can do jokes that I wrote for me. I hear that. And they're just, it's just me and the audience. And this is my relaxation time. Because uh-huh. otherwise she's got to, you know, she's working out. Yeah. I, I'm glad we have that built in. I, I'm not great at carving out alone time. Yeah, that's not just with Valerie; that's with everybody. Yeah. So there, is, and Val and I go to shows together, I, and I love it. I wouldn't have that any other way. But there is something like you're, you're on stage, and it is that indulgent it's, moment. Yeah, and yeah. you get it out of your system. It's awesome. I hear that. Yeah. Well, uh, we always I, talk about God. I, I can't oh, remember what you said on the live podcast because we probably did it in a speed round. Okay. Do you have any feelings on the meaning of life? Uh, the meaning of life. I I think the phenomenon, the pho- consciousness, na 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 na, na phenomena, ah, phenomena. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I knew you would like that. So here's cut the pickle. The uh, the, you take the glasses off for the God talk. Well, the God talk. I'm I. The word God is such a trigger word for people. I. I don't, I don't, I'm a Christian, but I never tell anyone. Oh, fun. Because anyone who tells anyone that they're a Christian, usually the next words out of their mouth is some Something fucking horrible. nightmare. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're just like, and that's why, what? No, no. Right. I'm a, uh, I'm a Christian, <laughs> and, and that's, that's why what? I disapprove or <laughs> well, don't I believe in evolution or, I or whatever it is. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, nope. Nope. How about just... You understand I'm Christ-leaning. I love the Jesus story. Me too. it's one of my stories. It's one of the ways that I understand the universe. I like it. It's good. I'm I'm pro... uh, Have we ever talked about the Stephen Mitchell book, uh, The Gospel According to Jesus? No. He's a a translator. He's he's an intellectual um, linguist guy. One of these intellectual linguist guys. He's he's one of these uh, these guys. The Gospel Uh, According to Jesus. Yeah. Essentially, what he's he's taken from the original Aramaic... Mm. things that Jesus probably actually did and, did and said and pulled the Gospels and made a Gospel. Oh, wait. Is this where it's like in a different color? No. Okay. 
No, that's uh, the Quran. Uh, no, that there is a version of the Gospels where it's like they use oh, different color fonts for. He definitely a, said this. He probably the things said that this. God said and the things that Jesus said are in red in some Bibles. No, I hear that. Yeah, I know that. But there's a special Gospel where they rank the likeliness of whether or not Jesus actually said. Oh, this, that's this interesting. Or this. Yeah. Well, it's and it, it, and he did it. He pulled. He did this translation based on something Jefferson did. Because um, Jefferson, Thomas Jefferson, uh, <laughs> gave out talk about the problem with separation of church and state. He cut up the Bible mm. in the late 1700s and pulled out what he thought that Jesus might have actually said and done. Had it published? Mm. Well, they, these are the published. deists, right? Uh, I don't know. And then gave it to all of Congress. Ha! I believe they took out the miracles. Oh, really? Cause I think he, um, that was like a transcendental This guy thing. did not take out the miracles. Okay. Uh, Stephen Mitchell leaves. He talks about the, the fact physical miracles are uh, the only miracle that they left in. Because I'm Armenian, by the way. So the Armenian church is entirely in Armenian. So the cat, the Christianity it's a long commute on Sunday. It's a, and it's a long. Uh, it's three and a half hours of of standing and sitting. <laughs> oh, it's and a long service. It's a super long service. It's annoying. Anyway. <laughs> you thought the flight was long. Exactly. So, but it's all, I don't speak Armenian. Uh-huh. So, I was raised uh, to believe in a very basic Christianity, which is be like the nice man in the picture and go get your dad some coffee. That's the joke, right? Which is, but it's also true. There's, it's my my whole idea of of spirituality and, and Christianity and religion is that it's a way. It should be, in my opinion, and it has been for me. So do whatever you – obviously do whatever the fuck you want to do. But um, it's a way to be be a better person, to mm. remind yourself, like, I don't always feel like a good person, but I pretend to be a good person. And so the person receiving my pretend kindness and niceness has no idea. They're just receiving kindness <laughs> and niceness. It actually doesn't fucking matter to them. They're like, oh, well, you were super polite. And uh, – <laughs> And so, but I, I'm, I'm essentially faking it until yeah, it's real. That. So I understand. Sometimes I, I get this answer. used to be a answer, terrible person. Yes. And there is a, a value, obviously, to religion increasing our civility, mm-hmm. increasing our polity, and increasing our uh, kindness, generosity, all these things. Um, is there something to it? Well, how do you interpret? Oh, the miracles and stuff like no, that? No, no, no. Just what were the basic phenomena. Of life. Um, and what happens? Uh, one way, one question I asked to open it up is when we die, what's that about? Oh, the afterlife. Maybe an afterlife? What I don't we... have an afterlife idea. You I don't, genuinely you don't. don't. I always think, um, I read a lot of science fiction. Uh-huh. So um, I. People always say science fiction is becoming science fact. They um, should say it's becoming science nonfiction. <laughs> Ooh, good. <laughs> or it's like cell phones because are, science fiction are becoming science fact. So, uh, the alliteration again. Anyway, ah, so your dad works for the news. You, you know, you know the, the Star Trek right. story mm. is uh, the on, on the TV. The original Star Trek uh, when they would walk up to the doors, it they would make that whooshing noise and yeah. the doors would part. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, scientists. And everyone was like, ooh, the future. And scientists looked at that and they were like, well, we could, we could just do that. All we have to do is put a, a trip thing on the, on the ground that people step on. And then right. grocery stores have right. – then when you're carrying then groceries. Then can leave more easily. Exactly. They can just walk right out. <laughs> and uh, so – but the uh, – <laughs> the, um, It's funny. We didn't have that before Star Trek. Is that right? Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. That, it, that created the automatic door. Huh. So science fact. Love it, need so, it. So now we need it. What about the subway though? The subway system? 
There was just, oh, the a, subway there sandwiches. Was just a, a doorknob okay. door on the subway. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. Remember the yeah doors were slidey. Yeah. Or they were open close on trains. Yeah. They were just trains. So subways Sub- before Star Trek didn't have automatic doors. Right, like Amtrak. Wow. Oh yeah, I, I see. Like trains. You mean Amtrak between cars where you have to push a button? No. But what about the car, the doors on the side of the train? Choo choo! Remember the doors? You oh would open yeah, a guy them. would open them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the guy in the hat. Yeah, yeah. There he was a guy the in tickets. a hat. Remember the hat guy? Yeah. yeah now he's out of a job. Yeah, thanks, exactly. Obama. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, thanks, Roddenberry. Thanks, Rodham Clinton. And uh, <laughs> let's do that. And uh, so the the um, I know that um, I don't know that there's an afterlife. I like to think that there is uh, that you get to see everything you want to see. Like, I'll finally get to watch all the seasons of The Wire. You know, like, whatever. If we're making up afterlives, I think we can do better. <laughs> right. Well, I don't, first of all, I saw the first season of The Wire. Yeah. And much like the first Godfather movie, yeah. at the end of it, I was like, oh, this isn't going to work out. Uh, These are not people that I enjoy. I can't possibly watch this. <laughs> not to disparage Dork for us. That's how I feel about some other popular... I was going to say... Oh, yeah, yeah. Game of Thrones never grabbed me for some reason. I, I tried. Know it's, I, know, I oh, tried. God, I just assumed you liked I it. I read the first 180 pages. I yeah. listened to it on audio. Yeah. Uh, had to turn it off and watch the first episode don't yeah. care don't care Here's- i watched the first episode maybe four times i've tried four times i've actually made it three four episodes and it's not that it's not good it's just it not for just you. doesn't put its hook in me the gif if i could watch it just on gifs or gifs or whatever yeah, you call yeah, 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 yeah. it did you see that gif where the uh the dragon comes that is the greatest scene in the world. Well, I was I like, let's that. let's have that TV show. And I, I say gif. Fuck everybody. With the gif and the, the soft G? That's GIF. dumb. It's weird. Hardwick said it was gif. Oh, well, then I'm, I'm going. Well, graphic. Graphic, oh. gif. Oh, graphic, gif. Oh, it's I'm not, going with gif then. It's not gif. No, most people say gif. Do they? That's a peanut butter. It's the peanut butter people. That's it. I'm a peanut butter person. I like peanut butter. Crunchy or creamy? Uh, well, hmm, I'll, I'll surf or ski, but I, I actually, <laughs> I think I prefer creamy, actually. Uh, and I prefer crunchy. Husband prefers creamy. And actually but eats I'll peanut butter f- regular. I, what do you mean? On the regular. Like, he, 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 oh, no, peanut butter's my He goes through cream. it. Yeah. I oh, love that's true. Oh, ice cream I, is I, my ice I cream. I was leaving the house to come to this podcast. <laughs> ice cream is my <laughs> ice cream. And I just had a spoon of peanut butter. I love it. That's awesome. It's my fave. It's good. And they, there's a dark roasted peanut butter now <gasps> that is so good. I can't remember who makes it. That, so that actually it, sounds fantastic. And it's crunchy. Oh, good. Yeah. What, and you don't know the name? Fuck my face. I could, uh, I could go to Google Whole Foods. It. It's the only dark roasted one. Oh, there you go. Or uh, they, they have it at other stores. Uh, well, okay. So religion, we don't know about an afterlife, but maybe you get to watch The Wire. You're not too worried about it. I'm not, no, I'm not worried about it. The, here's the thing. <clears throat> and this, well, again, my father. Yeah, go ahead. Is um, I'm not... I'm not suicide people. You know, there's people who want to kill themselves. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I, I feel like I would like to die. And my father... The big sleep, me, the relief of it. Right. I don't have to finish that script. Yeah. Uh, uh, look at that. And I understand. Yeah. There, there are days where you're just kind of like, it's not... It's just like I. Get- I want to kill myself over the minutia of the world. Like if I, if I fuck up publicly and nobody even knows who I am, I was like... Oh, I could die right now, and it would be okay. Mm. And it's and that that's a very dark place that I I I can't even figure out how to explain it because I'm not there right now. Thank you, thank right, you, God. Right. Anyway, but I would say this about about um, death is 
uh, like in my 20s, I thought I wouldn't live to be 30 because nobody does because I drank so much and, and, and drove around a lot. Right. I like to work heavy machinery. It's it's the reason I – it's one of the big reasons I don't drink and You dr- are the anymore. warning label. I am. Yeah, don't do it. And <laughs> they then, made it for you. <laughs> exactly. And then, um, and then in my 30s and 40s, I was like – I, I kind of wanted there was there would be these weird times when I'd be like I could kill myself. Uh, good thing I don't own a gun or a thing like that. Really? Yeah, because I would get like because I would get depressed. But my depression isn't. I don't think it's chemical. I don't think it's clinical. I think it's just you can't be happy all the time. So sometimes I get depressed. Right. And so and then but the, the good news is is I know that I won't stay depressed. I think mm-hmm. with clinical or, or chemical dependency, it's a, more a chemical, desperate, more. You solution. It's, it's yeah. It it's ongoing. Mm. Like someone is in that water yeah. of depression right. for so long that there is no out. Except I have a friend chemical. struggling with that, and 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 he struggled with it a long time. And and does he use I, I, meds or yes? Oh, good. A lot of meds. Good. And they help. And I remember asking him a Ramdas thing because Ramdas is a spiritual is guy, it? okay, uh, teacher, and he. He always, when he talks about depression, he always goes, is there a part of you that's not depressed? And he's trying to get the person to look from the soul perspective, where you're looking at the... Yeah. It's like what, a joke I do on stage is a new joke. I go, do you have to pee? Yeah. Check. Mm-hmm. Check right now. Do you have to pee? I do. I think that's very funny that you send something down an elevator to your, in your case, your vagina, and I go down to my penis and I just check. Like mm-hmm. reconnaissance mission. Someone repels... My awareness is usually in my brain, mm-hmm. and then I send it to my penis, mm-hmm. and I go... I think we got 30 minutes and then mm-hmm. it comes back up. And and so that's kind of a way that that's I That's a great premise. And I isn't that only fun? have to tell you I don't pee out of my vagina. It's a urethra. You're, anyway, so It's my urethra. It's going to be my urethra. <laughs> it's not your urethra. If I pee through your urethra, holy smoke, science fact. I just said um, to Val the other day I was like it's a shit deal that people can't pee for you. Yeah. We were in a rush and I was mm-hmm. like how nice would it be if I could just tap a string and go, I'm so sorry, I'm in a rush. Would you mind peeing <laughs> Could you for pee me? for me? Could you also brush my teeth? <laughs> Andy says that to me before bed sometimes. That's He's so like, would funny. you brush my teeth for That's me? so funny. I can't One day it. you might. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> puh as the Jews say. Or that old dude. And also. Puh. Two puhs and we're Yiddish. Okay. Um, what was I saying? Oh, anyway. Yeah. Ramnas is trying to go like, when I go, I'm angry. Mm-hmm. His his approach, and this really changed my life. As I go, there is anger because I'm I'm talking from the witness in my brain, mm-hmm. and I, that's the same thing that I send down to check if I have to pee. And I go, oh, there is anger. I say to Valerie sometimes, I go, I'm not this. Yeah. I'm not me. <laughs> and I because I observe myself as yes. do you when you write about yourself. I just go like, it's so weird that Pete gets grumpy when he talks to his parents on the phone. Like I'm I'm seeing it from that soul perspective. Right. But I tried, and this was a, a learning moment for me. I tried to say to my friend. By the way, 99.9%, I just listened to him about his depression. I'm not an asshole, or at least I'd, I'm trying well, to be Well, it's the asshole. job. Uh, you, as a as a straight white guy, that's unfortunately your job. That's my job. Because you're at the front of the line when they're handing out uh, 20s underneath the table. That's right. So They're 50s, but no one told me. <laughs> See, transparency <laughs> yeah, exactly. and payment. That, that's right. Uh, as a middle-aged white lady, I'm only getting 20s. That's See? right. That's See what right. just happened. That's right. But I said, is there a part of you that's not depressed? And uh, he goes, no. <laughs> so See, I was there like, you go. I think that's what it feels like. It's, that's it's, that's, it's that's not, clearly what it is, right? I need talk about the energy to be happy, the energy to feel anxiety. And I sometimes need the energy to remember 
that maybe there is, but maybe it it feels like there isn't. And, right. And then and therefore there isn't. Right. Because I'm the thing. You're the whole and thing. And it's a subjective experience. And if there isn't to me, then there isn't. Which is why friendship is so important. Getting out, like uh, just hanging out with uh, various people, right? Because you hear about their problems and their issues and it takes me out of my head. Yeah, that's true. And I was like, because I will... The committee meeting is nonstop in my goddamn head. Yeah. I'm, th- I'm in a future that doesn't exist, mm. uh, thinking about what's not going to happen for me. Mm. I'm mad about, or I can get, I can get right, mad. Right, right, I spend right. the most important thing for me as a road comic, or as a comic, in, and I'm sure I am people comic. would say, uh, as a person, <laughs> yeah. the most important thing for me is to not get bitter. You know, as you go along, you can see what other people are getting. Stay golden, pony boy. Yeah, stay yeah. golden, pony boy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's there's no, the bitterness isn't going to fix it. Mm-hmm. It's not going to, there. It doesn't even mean anything. You know, Mike Birbiglia's career, and I, Mike Birbiglia doesn't know this. He came very close to having an arch enemy, and it was me. Really? Because I love Mike Birbiglia, but I also am jealous of Mike Birbiglia. Yeah. And uh, he does. He barely knows me, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> But I look at like I want to be the darling of NPR. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. You have a wait, wait, don't tell me. There's got to be a wait, wait, don't tell me in my. <laughs> I feel future. like wait, wait, someone won't be telling me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I feel like, like Paula that's Poundstone's career yeah, yeah, yeah. is also something that you're like, oh, she's you know that's just enough fame. Yeah, it's just enough income. No, Mike is a he's one of my best friends, and he yeah. is a very deliberate life artist in that he's. Living the career and the life. Not that he doesn't have his ups and downs. We all do. Yeah. But he's living very deliberate. It's not that he couldn't be on like a, a sitcom or something. Yeah. He's deliberately crafting. He's got regular features. Exactly yeah. the, the the life and the style of success that he wants. It's very enviable. Okay. Well, then. then, then yeah, so you should feel how you feel. I, <laughs> I am justified in seeing yeah. that he is crafting No, you this. picked a great person to be jealous of yeah. and a great person to model a career after. Well, and, and it's not, I mean, because I don't necessarily feel like I'm doing that. I wish that I had that sort of, I hear that. that perspective where I could go, oh, I see what this needs. Right. And then. No, that's a very powerful thing. Yeah. To go in a, in a job, and I know he's grateful, in a job where we're lucky for anything. And we To feel, go, I'm going to maneuver this way. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, the fact that he we can do feel, that. I remember the first time somebody told me, they said, you know, you shouldn't be intimidated by the the gatekeepers, by the managers and agents and casting people and producers and all those people. You think they're the cool kids when actually you're the thing that they want. Who said that? I think my friend Jennifer McLean. Yeah, well, I know <laughs> who said it to you. I know John. It's a diehard joke. Uh, listen, <laughs> um, I think it was Orny Adams in the movie Comedian. He goes, "I'm." The comedian, yeah, and these bookers are making my goddamn knees weak. Oh, and I actually—that's what that, that's where that you comes know what from. this that's is actually going to blow from. your mind. I think Brabiglia's given me that exact speech. Oh, weird. where I'm going in to pitch something or this, this or this, and he goes, "Don't forget, we're the cool kids." And he's not saying that in a dick way. He's no. going, "Don't forget, without us." There isn't a thing. Right. You're the, you're the one that has the funny. That's right. You're the funny guy that it's, they want to hang out with. It's the bigger Hollywood version of what Mike Britt said to me when we were touring together. He goes, if we don't get there, there isn't a show. Because the, yeah. flight, the flight was delayed. Oh, right. I was like, what do we do? What do we do? And he goes, he was so cool. He just goes, if we don't get there, there isn't a show. And there's a certain peace you can find in realizing. And letting go. You do, and, <laughs> and surrendering. And just going, 
but also owning it. Like, you're the show. Yeah. Fucking relax and enjoy that you're the show instead of being like, I'm the show, I gotta get there. Or, I'm the show, I hope they like me. Right. Relax in the hammock of Every, you're the show. Yeah, like, I know that I'm, I, have a, I have a job to do. I have to show up. Like you said, um, like, what was it, Ian? Ian Edwards <laughs> didn't show up. No. Oh, was, oh, three times. And uh, but love but Ian Edwards. No, and 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 the thing is, is sometimes you can't. Sometimes you drop the ball, or you purposely get drunk, or whatever. Ah, yes, right? See, I mean, no, that's what I said to you, and I go, it happens because I've been the guy that got deliberately drunk to not go to a thing, right? Or I've canceled in the last minute because I'm like, I can't face it. Right, I can't get right. into my car and drive he just anywhere. Forgot, but yes, he forgot. So and it happens. But so and and. I know that my job is to do the next indicated thing, right? I'm supposed to do the job in front of me, but I have to. And, and this is some self-help guru thing. you got to let go of the results kind of thing. Mm. And that, that's true not just when you create something or when you're, you're trying to make some big project. It also includes I did a show in Santa Monica on Saturday. I left my backpack with my laptop, my Zoom, and all of my cables mm. in the theater. And I was five blocks from my house when I remembered it happened. Brand new laptop and $1,500 worth of nonsense, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, and I thought, I was like, I could just drive into this building and, and be in a pile of flames. Yeah. <laughs> and then I thought, wow, that's, uh, that's, uh, life is cheap. Yeah, life inside is your, cheap. Inside. Uh, there'll be another, as my dad always says, there'll be another whatever. Wait, you didn't $1,500. No, I did. Yeah. Uh, what I did was I, I, I regrouped. Right. Much like, you ha- I have reframe. to, I have to, yeah, I have to regroup or reframe and just go, well, the guy who books it, he lives down on the west side and one of the other yeah. comics told me she was staying on the west side. Yeah. So I called Relax. both of those. Yes, breathe. And I was like, and let go of the fact that you may lose those items. Right. Those items might be gone, and then you'll know what to we'll do. And it's okay. You'll figure out you know, new well, items. Well, Aristotle was sitting there, mm-hmm. and Ian wasn't. Uh, by the way, Ian, I'm sorry I keep mentioning this. It was right. yesterday. Oh, fair enough. He didn't, he didn't show up. No big deal. It's happened before. And I'm sitting here, and I just said to Aristotle, I go, well, we all die. And I didn't mean that in the bad way. Right. It was just what, <laughs> what Ray, Ray Romano, when he did this podcast, goes, 100 years, all new people. There's a freedom in just going like, when I'm on my deathbed, am I going to remember that? No. Never. Relax. No. Relax. Drop it. Yeah. Life is too short to have fake conversations in your head. Life is too short to yeah. allow a text from your dad to ruin your whole weekend. Mm-hmm. You need to like feel it, process it, and then surrender it. There right. is really something. And, and it's not as easy as it sounds, and it is as easy as it sounds. It's simple. It's not easy. And it's, all yeah, it is. Well done. And all it is is practice. That's right. And I put on my phone something I heard Tony Robbins say, actually. Was appreciation, not expectation. You know Tony Robbins. Huh. He's he's a, he's a haircut. The guy looks like a haircut. Yeah, he does look but, like a haircut. Uh, but he looks he, like you point to. He's a shiny, shiny dude. But <laughs> he's not a bad guy. Yeah, he's not. A bad he's guy. actually a pretty decent. He's um, on our side. Yeah, I think his advice is not. I mean, he wants your fifteen hundred dollars for three hours. Sure, but sure. who doesn't? I want. Right. You know, we all want. Well, you. yeah. In your dad's philosophy, you should ask for more. You should ask for more. But he, but I put it on my. I have a picture of Val on my phone, and I just used a, uh, a meme generator to just put appreciation, not expectation, nice. underneath it. So, which looks weird. It's like appreciate Val. Don't expect much from Val. It's not about her. It's just I look at it every day. And but he, that's not a bad way to be in a relationship it's true, either, actually. Because roommate expectations, man. Yeah. Is is roommates with with benefits is is ah. is I used to do a bit about how Andy, uh, I, he was like. 
he actually, we were like six or seven months into dating. He said, the great thing, we were just started being boyfriend, girlfriend. He said, it's kind of great that you, you've never had a boyfriend before because you have no expectations of me. Mm. And I said, I have expectations of you. And then he said, oh, what are your expectations? And I did a litany of things that I expected. And it was, oh, um, keep the, um, when we moved in together, we, were, we would keep the common areas clean. He would always be polite. And um, an RA? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and, no, but uh, it was it was like three very basic things. And he goes, "Yeah, those are roommate expectations. Those aren't boyfriend expectations." And I said, "Well, what's the difference?" And he said, "Don't worry about it. You'll see." Yeah, he's like, it's, 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 and uh, he was kidding, but yeah, you know. But the thing is, is when you do live with somebody that you love and is your partner, you should have no, it roommate expectations. That's true. I, I and you know what else I think is beneficial is that having lived alone helps because I do the dishes because when I lived alone I did the dishes yes and I like the pleasure I'm not waiting for anyone to do the di- just right. do the fucking dishes because you used to do them when you lived alone why would that change because you have this person right but just in all the time appreciation not expectation is he said it's, it's the, great the single greatest life hack in his life and it is very and plugging the USB cord into the back of the TV right full circle, circle. but as a life hack at appreciation not expectation it's beautiful, quite honestly. It's, it's very simple, and it works. And it works, like you said, just by remembering. It actually <laughs> helps. Yes. You go like, like I, my dad did send me a text that upset me all weekend. And I was just like, yeah, appreciate who he is and relax on expecting him to be this other thing. Right. My brother. Relax. My brother's been hanging out with my dad for f- a million. They, they're old ladies. They're best friends. They've been forever, a thousand years. Hanging forever out. friends. Forever friends. They both live in Milwaukee. My brother calls me. He's like... Your father is a button pusher. And I said, you just, you just got that one? Yeah. And he said, I kicked him out of my car. Uh, and I was like, he's 80. Where did you kick him? And he's like, he's got a cell phone. Ah. And there was this pause. And he goes, he was three blocks from his car. And, uh, but he was, just, he was just pushing my buttons about this. My father yeah. did not vote for, he voted for Hillary because she was not good looking, but overqualified. overqualified. Yeah. And, but he thinks it's funny now to pretend to be a Trump supporter. That's hilarious. Nope, it isn't. Ah. It's button bushy, and uh, and he's gonna be drowned. No, I day. feel like that's an old man thing. It's very much old a, men are very bored. Yeah, he's bored, and it's a very in, it's an instant personality to go. He's not that bad. I, it's like my bed. I go like, if you want to have an instant personality, just be like, I hate kids. Like that's just like, oh, how interesting, you know? right? Or right. I love, I love Trump or voted for Trump or whatever it is. Um, the final thing we always say, okay, uh, we yeah. could t- we could talk forever. You're a great guest, oh, is, but this is uh, good. Is uh, can you think of the hardest time you've laughed in your life? Oh, or to ease it up a little bit, because yeah, yeah. it's not a pressure podcast. It's an easy podcast. A time that you laughed very very hard, and I always say it doesn't have to be a good story. Rem- <laughs> remember, you could be a child. Oh right, uh, and remember farts. Remember church. These are the tips. Funerals. Funerals. Anytime you're not supposed to laugh. But it, also, it could also just be a movie or something. You know, it was a movie. Yeah. And it just the, the last time I remember laughing, it's like, I, I, I always say that I, sometimes I laugh against my will mm. because I've seen so much comedy and I, there's so much uh, that I, there's part of me that's always examining the joke. Mm. Don't examine the, I mean, Relax. so yeah. I was watching um, Curse of the Were-Rabbit. <laughs> which is uh, a claymation movie by the Wallace and Gromit guys. Uh-huh. Okay. Curse of the Were-Rabbit, so it's claymation. And there's a scene in that movie where the bad guy runs in to um, uh, 
a cart that is selling cotton candy. Mm-hmm. And he has, um, he comes out of it and he's furious. And he has, uh, and his hair has been a pomade. Oh, he like knocks into it. He knocks into Does it. Does the cart fall over? It falls over. Uh-huh. He, him and the cart are, are uh, arms akimbo. And he comes <laughs> out of it and he's furious, full of rage. He's lost his shotgun. And, uh, and his head is cotton candy. His head has cut, and I, I Andy said that I half stood up, pointed at the at the at the at the screen, and went ha, and then laughed. That's so funny. Hilariously, and you it, stood up as as if to say, "That's what it's funny like in here." <laughs> right, and because when you think about claymation. It takes a half a day. Yeah. It takes seven hours to varied, do that joke. That was seven meetings. That was so. Yeah. That was so much work. Should and it just I... be his eyebrows? No, no, no. The whole head <laughs> should be cotton candy. People quit well, if it's not just his hair. I'm out. Literally, just and the Wallace. I mean, you think about. No joke is too small for the Wallace and Gromit guys yeah. to spend a week on. It's so and God funny. bless them for it. Yes. Love you. Yes. A thousand to pieces. It's like Naked Gun, where it's like to do a, a joke yes. practically. You're like, especially now that I've done some filming things, I'm like, that was a day of shooting <laughs> just to do a throwaway nothing. Just how much do you love me yeah. that you spent so much work right. to make that joke? How you love yourself. do you want us to laugh? Yes. You want us, you love yourself. You yeah. love jokes. Yeah. You love absurdity. It's like Top Secret, the backward scene or the underwater scene. You're just like, that was weeks of training. Weeks. <laughs> Somebody added for like, us to go. Every I OK think this Go backwards. Every OK Go video. Yes, is a delight. Yeah, because it's one take. Yeah. They had to practice it for a month and a half. Yeah, they had to clean up after every time they threw yep. paint. Yeah, but deliberacy is beauty, mm-hmm. and beauty is very deliberate. This is NPR. <laughs> wait, wait. Do tell me. With Jacqueline Cation, is it Jacqueline? It is. Is it Cation? It is. All right, head caches. <laughs> I went as deep as we could go oh for God. your Wikipedia page to be updated. <laughs> Would uh, Thank you very much. You're wonderful. And thank you for doing last minute. I just saw you last night. Yeah. And as Thanks we've mentioned me. many times, well, this has never happened. Kumail bailed on me. Oh. Then Ian uh, missed it. And we were without an episode. It's never happened in four years. Uh, so if you hadn't come in, Wednesdays was going to be released in the evening. Uh, which right. would have been lousy. This this so week's Dork us. Forest is a Jamel Dotson. Please don't plug your podcast. Okay. And the Jackie and Laurie show is on The Nerdist. Could you not? Uh, Dork Forest is actually on All Things Comedy. Could you please? Stop. <laughs> I do stand-up comedy. Guys. I'm teasing. Anything yeah. else? Uh, just that. Come okay. and see me do stand-up. Yeah, come see you. Uh, so this will be out this Wednesday. And we always have the guests say, uh, keep it crispy at the end. It's the catchphrase. You said it at the live one. Here it is again. Keep it crispy. It was so upbeat. Oh, my God. You're fun. You're like Rosie the Riveter's, like, fun friend. Yes. It's like, we I'm, can do it. It's like you're sitting at dinner with me and I'm talking to you. Exactly. And uh, all of a sudden, it's why a comedy so show. Why are so funny? Yeah. That's right. Well, for those of you that didn't know why I called her Rosie the Riveter, you did the arm gesture. I did do the arm no, gesture. I wasn't a lesbian. Sometimes the arm gesture makes me laugh. So I yeah. do it for me. No, I liked it very much. Well, thank you, Jack. I've seen my honey shoes ain't 50. I'm so crispy. I'm so crispy. My ice game making players want to get me. Now leaving Nerdist.com.